Today we'll be exploring Vasaki, the most well-known and celebrated festival in the sea calendar. We all know the common narrative, but in this episode we'll go beyond that with the help of J.S. Godawa's Master of the White Hawk and have our questions answered by Dr. Kamloop Singh. Together we'll explore 10 key questions that have often been overlooked, including the role of the Vasans, eyewitness account, is 1699 really the correct here, and much more. So join us today as we take a journey down the rabbit hole of written sources regarding Vasaki, and don't forget to watch this until the end to make sure that you find out the truth and also catch a sneak peek of the next podcast episode. For me, what is quite interesting reading through uh, some of the work is that it seems to be that a kind of prerequ prerequisite even to the initiation of the class of is the removal of the Masant. So for argument's sake, Shobha Singh Rehtanamma states that Gurgobing Singhji becomes annoyed with the Masans around 1697-98 um, the story goes that a Masan named Chito had concealed something or misappropriated a huge amount of wealth. All the Masans essentially protected him and Gurgobing Singhji called him out three times but was ignored. Um, and then after that basically excommunicated, I guess, for want of better words, the Masans. Other accounts like Gaur Singh's accounts, Sukha Singh's Gurbalas and even Sarutas Balas Gurkisakina all shed light on how the Masans were at one point very pivotal in the expansion and the kind of the sustainment of the community and then things change with good robotics what could you say about how the role that the masans played up until that point that things seem to radically change well if you look at the sekpant or this kind of the i wouldn't even like to use the word sekpant let's look at it in a different way let's look at the regional followers of guru nanak and so when you had this original Sangat, I think the, probably the word to use is Sangat at that stage. Yeah. So you had the Sangat of the Guru. And as the Sangat of the Guru flourished and spread throughout India, obviously there was a need for some kind of hierarchy or some kind of system to manage that Sangat. And I think one part of that role would be, like we can say, teachers, you know, or people yeah. who have some knowledge or like you know what we'd call a gyanni nowadays yeah and so these people they're officials they're given power by the guru to um you know be like diplomats for him in a certain extent to go out on his behalf and represent him and also to manage the lands and and the wealth of the jarava of the offerings that the sangat bring in and to organize obviously spiritual events, you know, Girtan, Bart, and etc., Gatha, Seva. And from what I understand of Sekhatiyas, and I can't give any specific examples, but from my reading of it, the early system of the Masans worked very well. Yeah. And it was when the Sangat was very small. So there was no real vested interest in being a Masand because there was nothing really to gain. There's no political power attached to it. Oh, exactly. There's yeah, no yeah. political power. There's no money. There's no fame and glory. But then what happens as the Sekhpant gets rooted in the Punjab, as time ticks on, as the Sekhpant flourishes, there's more money. There's more Jarava. There's more to be gained. And then this original system... You can almost say it's like a priestly class to a certain extent. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but it's kind of something like that. It kind of gets very corrupted. And the story that I heard, and again, I can't give quotations about the origin of it, but the story that I remember is 
the Sangat would be, the Sangat isn't the Sangat you have now, mm. which is a one-way communication between a preacher and a Sangat. Yeah. So, that, you know, you have the, the Gyanni gets onto the stage. He is the know-it-all or the Sant and everyone is subordinate. I mean, if you look in um, Bhai Gardas in Avara, it talks about the Sangat asking questions to the preacher mm. and taking notes. Yeah. So it was a two-way interaction, just like a classroom. That was the original Sangat before it became a, a, the Sikh religion and Christianized. And so in this, uh, in this interaction between Guru Gobind Singh and the Sangat, the Sangat would sometimes do plays and they would do theatrical plays to represent something that was going on. And one of their plays was about the Masans and how corrupt they were. And the Guru, he understood the message of what the Sangat was saying to him, that this system is really corrupt. They're taking and this is why, you know, this quotation you give about the particular Masand, yeah. that's why Guru Gobind Singh investi investigated it and found him to be guilty of these crimes. And then to go further into the Sekhatiyas, if you go to Anandpur Sahib and you do Darshan, take out a few days because you're in Punjab yeah. to understand your own history. And the fact is our history is uh, rooted in the spiritual tradition. It's... it's, it's intimately connected in our spiritual tradition. It's not like a, we don't live in a secular world in Punjab. The, the spirit, you know, the yeah. dharam and the, the social are the same thing. Yeah. So if you want to understand your theas, you have to go to the spiritual places. And I don't want to call them religious places anymore. For me, they're spiritual places. Yeah. Right. Uh, they're, they're places for meditation and worship and prayer. They're, they've got nothing to do with religion. Religion has been imposed on them. Yeah, yeah. And so... If you go to Anandpur Sahib and you look at the Atiyas, you got Takht Keshkar Sahib, you got Manji, Gar, uh, uh, Manji, Manji Sahib uh, Gurdwara, and in Manji Sahib, which is also known as the Malgar, the Takht of Guru Gobind Singh was actually his royal darbar. Guru Granth Sahib was not Prakash there. Okay. Right? So he would hold his court there. The Prakash was at Manji Sahib Gurdwara, which is opposite. Yeah. And that's where... The first Nahang Damala was ever tied by Papa Fateh Singh. Now that's another story altogether. Yeah, <laughs> it's Rol Damala, yeah? Okay, and that and that's Rol Damala that is referring directly to that Gurdwara and is connected directly to the story you just said. Okay. And that, um, if you look in ancient uh, Sikh uh, Hatlik yep. uh, manuscripts, yep. you'll find that particular composition uh, named as the Damala Nama Pachai Dasami. Okay. Somehow it's lost its heading over time. And it's become and it's now referred to as Slok Damalla. Okay. And so you'll find that in handwritten manuscripts as well. And so in and around Anandpur Sahib, the different Gurdwara, after you go behind Manji Sahib Gurdwara, there's Sisganj Gurdwara, where the head of Guru Dev Bahadur was cremated by Guru Gobind Singh Ji Maharaj. Okay. Where Bhai Jeta Ji brought the head from Delhi of Guru of Guru Dev Bahadur to Guru Gobind Singh. Okay. Most Punjabis in the West would have not gone to that Gurdwara. They don't even know about it. I'm the first time I've heard about it. Right, it's there. Yeah. And then if you go down the road a little bit further, there's also um Ad Damdamasar, which is always which has also been renamed. And that was where Guru Gobind Singh actually started the project of creating a standardized Guru Granth Sahib or writing Guru Granth Sahib. So that was happening there. And also in the same area is where Guru Gobind Singh held his court 
because you've got to remember things are written. So you're going to have people who write documents in one area. So the people writing documents were there. And then just down the road was Fatehgarh Sahib where Guru Gobind Singh trained his army for six years. So these are all the Gurdwari in and around that vicinity. And that's also one fortress area. Then you've got Lord Garsab down the other way. You've got Anandagar Sahib, Jihidi Bagh, and, and Taragar Sahib even further out. So you have to explore this uh, vicinity of Anandpur Sahib to understand the Sikh history itself. Uh -huh. And the Masand were brought to not the Guru's royal court, but to his actual court. And his court was um, near the house of Guru Deg Bahadur, by the way, yeah? Okay, and what would the difference be in the court that they came to because you have a court that like you have one court where you receive sangha then visitors and officials and then one court which is a court of justice so the court of justice of guru gobind singh was in this area and the masans after guru gobind singh saw this play they were called there and they were tried you know how you have a trial they were tried and a lot of sangha don't gonna like this but they were punished by being um, soaked in oil, yeah. set on fire and thrown while they were bought burning into a well. And that well is still there, which is called Masandani Kul. And so you've got to understand what Guru Gobind Singh at that time, why he had to do this and why that justice. Because I've often pondered it because I think Guru Gobind Singh and all the Gurus were so merciful. Mm. Why would he do this? Like, yeah. why would Maharaj do this? Like, somebody who's so merciful as somebody who sacrificed so much for the Panth, why would he make an example and punish the Masans? I can't say so severely because I trust what he did and I trust that that's what they needed. I want to link it back into the original question and where I interrupted yep. you. Yeah, yeah, sure, sorry. Because you're talking about the Khalsa and the Masans. And then I want to try to explain why I think that yeah, man, yeah. from my reading of Sikh history, not to give any specific quotes, because if we start doing that, We'll be here for hours oh, and hours, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Our quotes. yeah, exactly. I want to give my overview of, of no, after it. reading Surah Prakash and reading all the different grants. So the, my understanding of it is this, is that we've already talked about the corruption of that system. <clears throat> we've already talked about that is hierarchical and it had to be hierarchical. Now the Khalsa is a fraternity. It's not so hierarchical. Mm. So it's completely different. And in the, the, the power that the Guru vested in these officials, they did what you can say is the worst thing. They misappropriated the sectarum to fill their fat bellies. And that for the Guru was the worst crime. And that they were amassing wealth, they were fraudulent, and they were abusive, and they were doing other like bad uh, behavior, mm. right? With the Sangat. Mm. And so the Guru, for the Guru, that his Sangat is abused to that level by these individuals. And so this is the Guru, he wasn't going to allow corruption in the Panth because he wanted the Panth to flower. And if these people were not punished, there would be no Khalsa. There would be the Khalsa from his birth, it would also be corrupt. Because those people would have come in, influenced and done the same thing. We see the same happening in Buddhadal nowadays, yeah. the same in the sun there. Yep. And so we, we have to look at the, this old system wasn't replaced by the Khalsa because that's what Sikh history, uh, history would say. That's what rationality would argue. Yeah, you know how you're yeah. saying, yeah? You have to get rid of this to make this. No, it's something actually more subtle. By removing that, it allowed the, child, the Khalsa to 
transform and allowed the Khalsa to come because there was no possibility of the Khalsa being allowed to flourish if this other thing existed. It's almost making the soil fertile to then plant. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it may allow, therefore, the Sekhraj to come afterwards, right? Yep. Because then it was more of a military order. So you've got this priestly order. Remember, in the Dasam Granth, oh, yeah. Guru Gobind Singh is scathing of, of Brahmanism and the priestly order. And the Masans had become somewhat Brahmanic. And if you even look at the issues that Guru had with Dirmal, Ram Rai and so forth, it's also very similar to the Masand issue, right? Yeah. And and afterwards, what happens with Bandas in Bahadur, yeah? yeah? So it's a very much the same, similar issue crop, cropping up again. The people be, say, I am the Guru. Yeah. And, 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 and acting like the Guru and so on and so forth. We see the same now with uh, Gurmeet Ram Rahim, yeah? And other, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see at Radhaswami, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and Namdaris and the same stuff. Yeah, no offense to anyone who is any of those. I'm not saying it's, you know, but it's just a fact. Just a fact. Yeah. 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 So in Sikh theology, that's always been a problem. Mm. So this was a problem, and the proof, the proof is number one, that when Guru Gobind Singh creates the Khalsa, he feeds the Khalsa, the Kshatris, before the Brahmins. And this comes in the, you know, after the... He pisses someone off, doesn't it? Yeah, Misraju, the, the Brahman, he's mentioned yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Sveye, yeah? Uh, the Khalsa Memma, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In Dasam Kran. And so the Guru feeds the Kshatris first. And Maharaj in the Teti Sveye, which was also is said to have been recited by Guru Gobind Singh in the first Amra Sanjav, the 32 or 33 Saviya of the Dasam Granth, however we see it, yeah. where the famous line, Jagav Jaban is a bastard about the Khalsa. Yeah. And it says, this is the Khalsa and this is the Nakhalsa. Yeah. In, in that same longer composition, it mentions the Masans in a negative way. Okay. And so you've all, so you also have the proof from Guru Gobind Singh's own Siri Mukhwak from his holy oration that he was against the Masan system. Okay. And so the Khalsa, like you said, directly replaces as a warrior military order the priestly class, yeah? yeah. Which was the Masand mm -hmm. system. So the Masand, in my opinion, I mean, I'm not against Brahmanism. I love the Veda. I love Sanskrit. I love the Indian uh, yoga, Ayurveda. And we have to admit the Brahmins, to a certain extent, to a large extent, preserve this knowledge. They preserve this knowledge. We can't knock the knowledge we have. But what I don't like as a sect is the hierarchy of Brahmanism. Yeah, in the caste. So I respect the Brahman for his knowledge. Yeah. But I don't respect the hierarchy of Brahmanism. And then this same thing had crept into the Masans. And then you could see why on a warrior level you would want to replace that and why they're punished because they're misrepresenting the Guru. Mm. And they're also undermining his power. Mm. And that from what Guru Gobind Singh had in his vision for his son, the Khalsa, his daughter, the Khalsa Pant, that would have cropped us, cropped us from the very beginning. And we've only flourished to what we have because he made that sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah? Um, there are two questions off the back of that, which I don't think there are necessarily answers to. It's just got my curiosity. But one is, is like the why, I guess, why the removal of the Masand at that point and not say perhaps when Guru Har Gobind Sahibji decided to kind of take the Pant down the more military side i don't think there is an answer to it because it's one of those what ifs um and then there was something cast but it's completely slipped my mind so it doesn't matter um so the first question we can we can go into because the military side of the of, of the bunk in the akalis of the akal had not been formalized 
We said it was right. too early to do this. It was too early. Yeah. And then, you know, Guru Gobind Singh, he's decided to leave Guru Granth Sahib and the Guru Panth is the Guru. Yeah. And if the Guru Panth is going to be the Guru and it's a fraternity of the Khalsa, a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a sovereign nation, sovereign yeah. people, yeah. you cannot have a priest in class. And so in a way, imagine the Masans were good people, they were noble, they were saintly, this would have not happened to them. And that's why in our Panth there's this. It's like a kid, it had to happen, like that was just a play, yeah. It had to happen that way. Like nowadays, if you want to insult an, an, an Ahang, you call him a Masal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like a ba uh, Baba, yeah, Baba Gyanna Singh, uh, who was about 117 when he died. He was in jail with Mahatma Gandhi. Your dad met him at Hulla Mahalla one year. Oh, nice. Oh, like, we just spoke about him, then we saw him on the road. <laughs> and he was itinerant, moving place to place. And he knew Shastra Vidya. And he learned Shastra Vidya from Gyanna Singh Rav himself. And he's, he was also the, had the same name, Gyanna Singh. And he would, when he would talk about the SGPC, he would call them Masan because they're filling their stomachs with the offerings of Dharma. Right, so we see the Masans are around now. The Masans haven't gone anywhere. Yeah, yes. All right, just moving on then to the use of the term Khalsa. Now, in Gandha Singh's uh, collection of Hukum Lamas, and I've picked out, I think, four here. And it's just basically about the, the, the use of the term Khalsa and how it's being used. So, for argument's sake, there's a Hukum Lama dated to the 12th of March, 1699. It's addressed to the Sangat Hamachiwara and it states the Sangat is my Khalsa, have no faith in the Masans. Yeah, so again, related to what we were discussing earlier. Another dated 1st of February 1700, the Sangat of Patan Freed is told, you are my Khalsa. Again, you are not to have faith in any Masan. Another Hukumnama of Guru Gobind Singh to Pai Kalyandrai and the Sangat Hamachiwara in 1698 is also again states the Sangat is my Khalsa. Uh, there's two more, one from the 25th of April, 1699. Maharaj is saying here, Khalsa is distinguished from the Sangat Salong. So it's a term found on the Hukumnam of Gurgobing Singhji again from 1699. Salong referring to a person who's initiated into Sikhi by a Masand on behalf, behalf of the Guru. So again, what we were discussing earlier on. And then there's a couple in 1706 and 1707, again, referring to the Sangat as Khalsa. So further Hukumnam was 1706 and 1707, again, uh, to the Sangat of Dol and Kara, refer again to the Sangat as my Khalsa. Again, I think it's pretty clear it's to distinguish from the Masans um, and their whole role within the community, because obviously it's referring to them having initiated Sikhs on behalf of the Guru. Now, is the term just being used as a way of differentiating, and does its significance then grow once 1699 happens? From my knowledge, the term Khalsa was also used by Guru Tegh Bahadur in okay. one Nama. And I could be wrong. Um, you sound correct. I think I've yeah. heard something similar, yeah. And so, and then the term Khalsa occurs in a Shabad of uh, Bhagavad Kabirji. And some people say that in the art, Damdamasabhi, Damdamisaru that the word Kulasa was changed by Guru Gobind Singh to Khalsa in that Shabad. And so Kulasa is that whirling of the Dervish, yeah? And it means somebody who is in that cosmic spin, which is endless. Yeah. So they've broken free Nirvana, basically, yeah? yeah? yeah. That divine emptiness, they're in the cosmic ocean, yeah? They've become into complete emptiness. They've gone into void, Shunya, Nirvana. And that's like this cosmic spin, it's indescribable, but the Sufis do it through whirling, people do it through charting. You know, people have their own ways of expressing it. Yeah, yeah. So that kulasa, to be free, 
there's not much in it between that and Khalsa. And so the Khalsa, again, somebody who's Chakravarti, who roams the four directions, is Kulasa, is somebody swirling, moving yeah. around. The original Rehatanamma also says, a seat should do Chakravarti to the four tats, yeah? Now, you know, the SGPC made the fifth because they're political and they wanted all the votes, so three would be theirs and leave two outside of Punjab, yeah? But, you know, that's that's just their mindset. But really, the Guru made four ducks and the fifth one was the Khalsa. And the Khalsa would circumambulate between those four points. Again, moving around, yeah? Mm -hmm. This idea of being free. So the Khalsa, again, means a sovereign, somebody who's free. Yeah. So it's a spiritual principle which translates into a physical reality for that group of people. And that's how Guru was using that term. So saying somebody who's not in their spiritual hierarchy. And so for me, like, you know, Gyanis or Sants, I'm really not interested. Yeah. Like, you know, Mara says, Sansamu Anik Matike, that comes in Sariya. Like, I'm saying, yeah, I respect Sans and I respect the truth they have, I respect their Pagati, I respect the Nam they do for uh, humanity, I, re I respect their, their Upakar for humanity, their compassion. But do I go and worship them or follow them? No. I can go and maybe get wisdom and advice from them. But now it's yeah. some occultish nature and yeah. seeks, yeah? To follow this santa and that santa and this. And tigya, nam, japunda is okay. But it's not a khalsa. No. A khalsa is somebody who's kshatri, somebody who's um, a warrior, somebody who's armed. And that's how Guru Gobind Singh left the khalsa. Pant. And so they're halfway there, right? Yeah. And so the thing is, tigya, even halfway, kwashta hega. And I'm not saying I'm 100% there. I only, only, the only 100% is a guru. And so the thing is, this whole idea of the Masan system is almost like the modern Sant system or SGPC or Gyanli system, yeah? It's not much different. And their Karl size one who is outside religious hierarchy. The Karl size one who says, God is inside me. Jagata Jyotha, Jabair Nisabhasar. He is a Khalsa who sees the light of God within their own heart. Antar Jammi is in your del. And you see that light of Pramatma and then you don't give two what people say or what society says. You become free of it. You become a whirling dervish. You become intoxicated in the divine. And the religious massive, they hate life. Life is difficult. They're trying to get out of Jarasi like Yun. They're trying to find God. God, that's a Khalsa. One who realizes it within the heart and starts actually live life <laughs> and seeing gratefulness of life. And they say, thank you. You know, Dera Kita Jato Nahi Menu is somebody who realized that state of gratefulness, saying, Why Guru, thank you for my existence. Thank you for this opportunity of life. And you know what? Because I see you within me and I can say, Why Guru Ji Kakasa, Why Guru Ji I'm fearless and let's go for it. Let's make the world the best we can make it. Mm -hmm. That's a Khalsa mm -hmm. and that's what Maharaj is referring to in that. Okay. okay. One my understanding. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense because the Masanza are essentially a hierarchical priest system as we've been discussing. So, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you know, either. like you're sitting there asking the priest to pray, pray on your behalf. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It's like Catholic indulgences and like yeah, those. Like an intermediary. Yeah. We don't need intermediaries between us and God. Even look, Pritam Bhagati Simakya, first comes the Bhagati, yeah? Fear Guru Nanak is in the Adlas, right? And even that's been adulterated. That, yeah. that doesn't mean that. Pritam Bhagati Simakya, Pritam first Bhagati Simakya. First, meditate on the Pagotti. And then the modern day SGPC Singh Sabha is Fear Anga the Guru. Then it says, Prism Pagotti Simrake Guru Nanak Then remember Guru Nanak. The Guru doesn't need to be remembered. The guru, the, what that means is Guru Nanak also meditated on that Pagotti. Fear Anga, then Guru Anga Dev Ji did. Mm. 
ਤੈਨ ਇਹਨ ਰਾਮਦਾਸ ਹੋਇਸ ਆਈ ਈਵਨ ਗੁਰੂ ਰਾਮਦਾਸ ਸ੍ਰੀ ਪਗੋਤੀ ਜੀ ਸਹਾਈ ਹੀ ਸੋ ਦ ਸੈਂਚਰੀ ਆਫ ਦ ਸ੍ਰੀ ਪਗੋਤੀ ਆਫ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਸ਼ਕਤੀ ਇਸ ਬਾਉਂਡ ਡਾਊਨ ਈਚ ਗੁਰੂ ਬਾਉਂਡ ਡਾਊਨ ਟੂ ਦ ਪਗੋਤੀ ਦੇ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਚੰਡੀ ਦੀ ਵਾਰ ਲੁਕ ਹਾਊ ਦੇ ਹਵ ਚੇਂਜਡ ਇਟ ਬਿਕਾਜ਼ ਦੇ ਮਸੰਦ ਬਿਕਾਜ਼ ਦੇ ਵਾਂਟਡ ਟੂ ਬੀ ਹਾਇਰਾਰਕੀਕਲ and they've done the same with like tropes i'm not to read that's off it. like that's maharaj's how maharaj begins with garbani in dasana sri pagoti ji sahai i i have the protection of the sword of the ard shakti right and so the thing is you look at when you have that feeling that you're protected you don't need any intermediary so karl says the one outside of superstition we don't need holy men we are holy men yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, you know the whole point of being sovereign the, yeah santalal saying he wrote a book about um the buddha dal and he was a saint and he was the son of a, of a nahang singh and his book is one of the first ones about the nahang atyas it's called guru ki laad liya fojja might be online somewhere don't try and and it's in gurumukhi he writes in there the khalsa is a pant brahmgyani and the nahang singh is the original khalsa yeah. and the khalsa all every single nahang in the buddha dal is a brahmgyani to a lesser bigger or smaller extent and he goes that is the khalsa one who is has spirit, not just only physical sovereignty from maharaja ranjit singh but spiritual sovereignty we don't need any intermediary other than the shabad if you go to a sant what's the sant going to tell you to do seva karo simran karo yes and now this is this is like baba ji in the singh of rakhaba when i went to baba ji well, i've got so much respect for him i said to him baba ji naam baksho he goes no one can box naam on you you have to go and sit there and do your mala and then i realized wow you know this is the difference between him and sant we're talking about baba ji the other day i did a podcast with just me saying about the role of baba santa singh ji within kind of the politics of 1984 and uh he was talking about baba ji's nickname starting at 12 and ending at 7 in the morning and i think things like that puts it into perspective because we all everyone likes to talk like even with this podcast like it looks like I'm doing a hell of a lot I ain't doing jack these people are putting in 7 hours a nitnim like that's the real kamai and the real work exactly that's the real bhakti yeah and so the thing is you have to go and do your bhakti you know and the, and in a guru gobind singh in the khalsa not only is a khalsa warrior he's a kshatriya she's a kshatriya he sits there does or she sits there does bandagi on the, on the kalpur mm. and that's why the guru is not an intermediary in the ardas you're not bowing to guru nanak you know it doesn't say first meditate on the sword then guru nanak and gurus because mm-hmm, yeah. then not, the guru is not acting as an intermediary the guru is acting as a transmit transmitter of the word of nam of shabad and asking you to meditate on the shabad no no definitely definitely we have got a, quite a bit to try and cover so i'm just going to move on to the next bit we briefly discussed that there was a, an old initiation ceremony which we'll briefly cover in a second but basically it seems to be that this new initiation ceremony the khalsa initiation ceremony according to sanipat the institution of the khalsa is guru gobind singh ji's life mission chopai singh says that uh guru saib introduces kesada fall fall even to impart a distinct identity uh to the sikh pant Chopai Singh says 1697, not 99, but again, we'll get into the dates in a minute. Gaur Singh, interestingly, is the first pre-colonial text to mention the request of heads. After three calls, a Sikh steps forward who was taken into a tent where a male goat was slaughtered, and this is repeated five times. At which point, water is added to a vessel upon which Bani is recited, and Mataji puts Patas in the water. If this is if we follow Gaur Singh's account, right? Gaur Shish is kind of similar to Gaur Singh. You could argue he's probably read Gaur Singh's manuscript or heard about it, and perhaps just recounting that. But 
separately. It differs in that it wasn't good Gobind Singh Ji who slaughters the goats, but the individuals who come forward. Gorshish also adds that Jaap Saib, Jabji Saib, Sawaiya, Chope, and Anand are all recited, and so were three verses of Shastra Naman. What's interesting about that, just as a side note, is the fact that, like, they're referencing Bani that's from Dasam Granth. So if Dasam Granth wasn't relevant, they wouldn't be referring to it, obviously, right? I know these accounts differ slightly, and everyone listening is probably like, oh my god, like, that's very, very different to the kind of the sanitized religious version we have of what happens at Fasaki 1699. But from your reading of Sikh history, what can you tell us about what happens and also when it happens? Really good question. And the thing is, there's a lot of things in what you just said in that yes, I have a bit Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I want to break, Take it, it slowly, yeah. break it down a little bit. First thing, let's go back to the original source, which is Siri Dasam Karanta, as you've said. Yep. You've linked it into that narrative. So what does the master of of the falcon, of the royal steed, Kalgidhar Maharaj, what does Guru Gobind Singh Pasha, what does he say from his Siri Mukvak, from his holy mouth? And he says, That's a peak bit of that bani, like it reaches a crescendo, it reaches a, a like after Maharaj talks about his apani katha hmm. of why, what happened before, why he ended up here and everything else that went on. Maharaj says, I stood before that divine mysterious being, a god, and with my head down, I said, I can only create this bant if you are Sahai. Remember, Siddhi Pogoti, you Sahai. If you protect me, if you assist me, if you're with me in Kaljuk to create this Khalsa. So Maharaj is stating his purpose to create the Khalsa as Sena Patras Raja yeah. stated, that that's his purpose. Yeah. And then that goes into the whole mythology that people have to look at where, in a Samundariki, Guru Degba, that in his past life uh, is aiding Durga. And then he, she, he promises her a son. And then from Ishakti, Dushdaman is born, the Rishi. And then from the Rishi, who's meditating Dushdaman, as he's meditating on a kanal, on a skin, with his sa, with his breath, he creates these million Shanamikul lions, yeah, who go down and destroy the demon of Rakat Bij and drink the blood of that demon and destroy him. And then therefore, they destroy that duality of the demon. Mm. And then the Khalsa in that mythology is the reincarnation of that same mission to destroy the dush, the the, the dualistic uh, being mm. in Kaljug or the duality of Kaljug, even on the psychic level, spiritual level, to make everything ik. Yeah? And so, you know, the sword, Marasa ik did the way Sui. You know, the sword is what makes one into two, but the sword can also make two into one yep. through the other, yeah? That's why we take the initiation of the double-edged sword. It's a symbolic, right? And it all goes back to that mythology, yeah? And that mythology, why the people don't like it? Because it's Indic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes back into this whole Indic worldview. But it's his own worldview in the Indic worldview. It's unique to itself. There isn't another worldview like that in India. And so please, my brothers who are against what I'm saying, also acknowledge what I'm saying there. <laughs> There's some truth in what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And so the thing is unique to itself because it's Niara, yeah? Mm. It's unique. And so the Khalsa is on that same mission of destroying evil. Yep. And Sukhsanta Karanan, Durmat Dharanan, Kilpe Karanan, Asarnan, Jaya Jaya Jagaran, Sistyu Baram, Mamprit Baran, Jaya Tekan. Mara says, I seek the shower of the sword, which makes the saints happy, which destroys the evildoers, yeah? In in uh, in, in the beginning, Sirikaji ki Ustat. 
in in Pajitanatak. And so Maharaj says that his purpose, yeah, which is Taram Yudhakajai, I desire to have the holy war yeah. or the or the war for good to defeat evil, yeah, the duality, the oppression, the tyranny, the injustice. And so that is the purpose of the Khalsa. And that's why the Khalsa is Kshatri. Khalsa is not a, a passive son. It's not Mahatma Gandhi, bless his soul. It's somebody, it's not somebody in the loincloth. Yeah. It's somebody who has the Kshara, yeah. yeah, which is from the wrestling tradition and connected to Hanuman. Oh, yeah. And I don't care if you call me RSS, you could call me all day long. It's connected to Hanuman. It's in the old Ratanami. Yeah. And, and all the Shastra, the Karash connected to Shivji and the Kesh connected to Jandi. And because in that worldview, the Khalsa has got a mission, even the gods are supporting. Even the gods support it. Even the gods want that Taram. And Maharaj gives the example of where Krishna destroyed Kanshikeshi Pakarkara Garaya Jandi Divar. And there he Durga Sajake, you Pogoti, even you made Durga. That's a Khalsa's mission. Now we become Dev ourselves. <laughs> we follow Dev. We become a bunch of Basanda ourselves, me yeah. the biggest one. But if we're going to change the Panth and make the Mariata what it was, first thing is we need to get rid of the SGPC. Sharomani Gordwara Prabandha Committee, Masandadi Mandali, is where the Masand get together in a committee. What Sanskrit term is committee? What Farsi term is committee? What Gurumukhi? There's a word committee coming, Guru Granth but a Bandha committee that tells you all oh, it's a bloody foreign invention and it shouldn't be within our Bandh. And then <clears throat> that's what the Khalsa is against. And that's the mission of the Khalsa. And so the first part is what is the Khalsa is a Kshatri. We do not take Guru Granth Sahib the Paul, even though Guru Granth Sahib is present to give us Naam. We take Khande Ka Paul, which means we do Shastar Puja as our initiation. The Khanda is given the sweet nectar to drink. We're doing is puja. We are pujing the kandekapal. We are drinking the nectar of the double-edged sword to be initiated. Yeah. And so number one, that, that I'd say it, the Khalsa has a practical purpose based in mythology of India, in an in Indian cosmological view, given in Vajita Natak. Mm. I mean, that's the first part of the question. The next part is about the historical details. Yeah, yeah. Now, we suppose that Sikh writers all competed with each other to write a better account of the Amra Sanchar because we egotistical and assumed they were the same. No, they were Gurmukhs and they did Sangat of Brahmgyani, they did Sangat of the Guru, they did Sangat of Pai Mani Singh, it was mm. Pai Mani Singh, Sanapat, they're in the Guru's retinue. They weren't there to compete with each other. The reason they don't wrote different accounts is they knew you would read the other accounts and they were bringing to light different details. They weren't opposing each other like us on our posts, arguing with each other online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're looking at it different. Let's reassess Sikh history. Sikh history is a continuation of history. And the reason Gavi Santok Singh writes Surah Prakash is to bring out different details. He's not trying to write what they wrote before. He's trying to bring new information to light. And each writer is trying to bring a new detail which was not in the original one. So that's the number one. Let's look at it in that way okay. instead of like in, in the way that we're trying to look at it one against the other. So, so well, I think what's interesting is Gorsing works. Sorry, Gorsish seems to work off Gorsing's work. And they all seem to work off like as you have with history and historiography is they all seem to kind of work off the one that comes before them. The details seem to get deeper the more we move away from the event. So for argument's sake, uh, 
Gorsing, sorry, Gorsing is saying that there's Panjabani or red, whereas Gorsing is saying that there's just, it just says Bani was red. I'm yeah. not sure why it's referring it's to. There's more detail. Yeah, so it seems to be that. But you see that, you know, my premise, that proves that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not actually, they're not competing with one another. Not not the early the early writings anyway. It's more so the fact that they're just accounting for an event that's happened from whatever perspective they have. You never hear Ratan Singh or or Kavitas and Talk Singh saying, you know, the writer before me got cigar. And I'm the, I'm saying this now. They work hostile. We suppose that from our own intellectual ego. But that's like a modern Western academic. There you thing, go, isn't it? Which so is throw that in a bin. Yeah. That's not the way to look at it. And so the first thing is, each writer is trying to bring a different detail about the unwrestling chart. Yeah. And now now this gets complicated now. This is the bit I didn't want to get into, but you forced it, yeah? There was not one unwrestling chart. And this is why there are different there's different dates. Because there were a series of unwrests, yeah? And there were a series of events that led up to what we can say is five Kakar, five Barnia. And the Amrath as we know it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, that's a given. That's a given. Yeah. yeah. So if you look at Ratan Singh Pangu and you look at his account of Guru Maharaj and he talks about the Bakri, if you look at it, that account is separate from the other Khalsa account. Why? Because it was a separate account. He's not mad that he puts this somewhere else in the book. That that's, that's actually a separate thing that happened at another time. So these different events, the re the reason people are confused is because between 1666 to 69, maybe even into the next year, like, I don't know, because, the, you know, the calendar, I'm not the best. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. And that, is that why there's a confusion? That's a confusion it? as well about okay. the dates, because in, in India, the date goes across the other way, right? Okay. Yeah, and they follow me calendar. Yeah, because it will go from uh, 1699 to 1700, yeah? And so then our calendar here doesn't, doesn't match up. Yeah. Doesn't match up. That's the number one issue. And then the number two issue is you've got, like, say, the first Amrutsan Jar possibly could have been, and I'm clutching at straws here, and I'm being academic, Sangat. I'm not saying this is religious. Yeah, this isn't necessarily true. We're just yeah, elaborating. We're elaborating. Maybe it could have been, like, keep your kish, which comes into one of the first hukam nami. Could present yourself in the Sangat with gish. Okay. Then the next one. It's almost like gearing the Sangat yeah. up. Yeah, then yeah. the next one could be presenting yourself with gish and a, and a siri sal. Yes, yeah, obviously. And so on, and then it builds up to the formalized Amras and Jal that we know. So, because I think then what you've highlighted is, is that with the modern religious lens, we look at the Amras and Jal and Vasaki as this kind of this huge crescendo. And actually, you're saying it's, and to be fair, Godavar says the same thing in his book. It's a series of, and to be honest, so does Sandipat and a lot of these early writers, they see it as a period of time rather than it all happening just on one day. Because we, we're trying to make a McDonald's version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to basically condense it and punch yeah, yeah. it. It happened over a period of time, so it developed, <clears throat> and it happened according to the circumstances. And uh, sorry, I want to interrupt. And it's because one Hukam Nama was issued to the Sangha yeah. around 1700, I think yeah. you even quoted it, yeah? Probably. Which is, which is saying to bear arms and to come to the Guru's presence bearing arms and kish or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so we, you know, there's a period of time where this. We, where the guru is asking for weapons and horses. It's almost like formalizing. Yeah. Formalizing, yeah. And it's happening not in one go. No. Because that's what you tell, like, I don't want to sound bad, the bindu, yeah? Oh, you know. Well, that's like a nursery level education, whereas we're trying to take it slightly higher and elaborate on it a little bit. 
what we do know it happened at Vasaki. Like, but but that's a period that's like a whole month though yeah so what we know is that this this ceremony happened in a month yeah it happened at Vasaki yeah. at a gathering which possibly was weeks long that it happened with a conduct conduct that the guru asked for heads that a rant was given that Barney was read. A rant is given on the those dates. Like it's it's read out. Okay, okay. And a hukam nama is already issued about how people should come prepared. Before they even get there. Yeah. Okay. So you know, these are solid things. Okay. Yeah? Okay. Now what we what we're discussing is was there Bakra? Was were, were was there Pandavania? And all these kind of things. Yeah, and yeah. what I'm saying is this were put together at different times. That's why Ratan Singh Pangu, Shaheed, Nang Singh. That's why he gives two accounts because there's actually happened at two different times. He wasn't stupid. He was a, he was the grandson of a Shahid Singh. Yeah, yeah. He knew the Atiyas. And so this happened in a few events, yeah? Of different level different levels of red given. It's like I'm not not trying to uh, caricature it or turn it into a silly metaphor, but it's almost like Brexit. It didn't happen over one day, it happened over a period of time. That's it. And similarly That's it. This is a the community is going through a phase of change and that change doesn't happen in one and, and the document evidence of the hukam nami show that development yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. the art shows that the narrative show that so then also then the next thing that we need to talk about is also the red like the five they are singing red yeah, 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 yeah. hardly any copies of it very hard to date but in there there's bandha barnia plus even more barnia but uh, there's extra sawaiye and and there's, you know, more in line with what Buddha does. Well, if Gorshish is quoting that Banjbani I read, like, and like, as in, there are a number of references that don't necessarily Banjbani, but they list at least five, or if not more, seven in some cases. Look, you made me remember something important in Guru, in, in the city Guru Panth Prakash, Bharatan Zimpangu, the exegesis by Baba Sata Singh, which was published by uh, the, the Buddha Dal, Yeah. Uh, by, I think it was uh, CSJS, uh, Ambrasarma. Uh, my seva bazaar and in that in the katha where Bharatan singh pangu mentions jap jap yeah. in like jap ki sab jap sab yeah. as the baniya the modern day Sikh singh sabha said two baniya was said but what baba santa singh says there is that means the pandavaniya because he's not trying to list them yeah oh, he's yeah. not trying to make a, a, a complete list how we would want as like you know English educated people. Religious dogmatism. Yeah. Right? He just says Jap Jab as in Pandabani. Yeah? Yeah. yeah Baba yeah, Santa yeah. Singh says that. And I trust Baba Santa Singh's exegesis of that. <laughs> and you'll find Jap Jab come many times, yeah? Yeah. 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 Mm. And so that's an important point. And, you know, also, you know, going back into uh, what you were talking about, I mean, I'm looking at my PhD thesis here and the interconnection between what we're talking about. There's too much for me to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Keshas in Shibbal, in Bansavari Dhamma, he links the creation of the Khalsa with the destruction of the Turks. Mm, which is what we're discussing. We'll do what we're discussing. And again, from what Bani, the Chope Sab, yeah. which is the fourth Bani, with the with the quote, Sakal Malaj Karoran Kata. Yeah, from the Nithanin. So he's connecting here again into this whole warrior thing, this rebellion. Against the establishment and the and the establishment of Sikh sovereignty yeah. of the Khalsa Raj, and then here again you have got why I, why I wanted to talk about why they are saying is about this whole warrior Fred and practical element. So Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj says to why they are saying 
I myself see the Mukhavar communicating the job in Soviet for calming the minds of my followers and of nerving them for battle. And again, Kandeki Borneum, the juice, the essence of the double-edged, the rust of the double-edged sword. And and by the Asimji, if we take him to be the author of this Rathama, yeah, yeah. Guru Gopin Singh has dictated this Rathama to the beloved Bajbiara. He writes this, he says this, first he should recite the entire Japki from the beginning to end, the Jaut from the beginning to the end, Chobe, two lots of uh, five Sawiyi individually. The opening words are some of those Sawiyi, this is my, this is my, my footnote. Opening words are some of the Sawiyi, Snavad, Dina, Kipra, and then the, the body of Anansar, yeah? And so, all of those again at Dasam Gagbaniya had there and the Hujul Saab Sikhs still do those as nipping, yeah? And so then that's talking about the Albrasin child. And then again, a connection to the Akandi Nahang sings, he wears a white gutch and a turban of blue. Faithfully, he repeats both Jabti and Jab. He knows by heart, Siddhi Akalost, I don't, and Jabdi Nibat, I don't. The hair covering he, uh, his body he protects, and never will he participate in a Sharad, you know, to ancestors. He loves the city group Grand Sabbath, blends of five evil impulses. I thought I the pulses, yeah. And then Gore Singh, going on to the 1751, mentions, I think, some of the Ks. Yeah. Guru Granth, Guru Pant, Deg and Deg, many ideologies, Guru Mantad. Yeah. He quotes Sanskrit Salok and he expresses the position of the Khalsa as a third path from Islam and Hinduism and near identical verses to Ugradanti. And then he talks about that the Guru narrates the Rath. Right. So some people doubt the Rathanamme, but he says in 1751, after hearing the Kathal Pai Mani Singh and penning it, that the Guru expounded the Rath, obviously by Chobha Singh, yeah. Prahlad Singh, or Prahlad Rai, uh, Prem Samara Granth, and others, yeah? Right. And so, you know, again, in Gisha Singh, Shibra's uh, 1769, he employs Ugradanti all the way through his text. Right. And so... You know, there's a lot going on on in here, and Koshish, which you mentioned about Panjagagar, he talk, says a blue the star, doesn't he? But yeah, he says Nidla here, which the Nahans insist that on that Nahang that Nahang Singh should wear a Nidli the star, or what people call nowadays Gishki. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned the Panjmuk there, which we will get to in a second, but I just want to go back to the goats. You can argue Gorshish is going off Gorsing's account and Gorsing is the one to mention the presence of the goats being beheaded. Gorshish slightly changes his tune in terms of he's saying that it's the individuals who come forward that slaughter the goats, not Guru Sahib himself. To be fair, it doesn't matter who does it. The goats are slaughtered as far as pre-colonial texts are concerned. What is going on there? Like, what is like a, like, because obviously you would have had to consider it in your PhD thesis. What's going on there? But secondly, does that, is that where Chatka comes from? Is that where... Like, is that why Hazul Sahib, they will do Chatka of goats and then do Shasta, uh, Puja, etc. with its blood? Like, what I guess what I'm actually asking is, what's going on in the initial Vasaki ceremonies? And then secondly, how has that tradition kind of been continued, and particularly by the Nahangs? The Khalsa Panth is a military organization. And that remember, there's this book by this French scholar. Well, he wrote it in French, and it means it says the Sikh military, the the, the Karl Sarpant, the military of the Sikhs or something. You must have heard it. 
must have seen it. I've got a copy of it here in my library. Me too. And I thought, wow, this 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 Sounds guy fun. was intelligent. Yeah, yeah, he already put it there, yeah, because he's read through the history, like Hari Dhan Gupta, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. like similar to yeah, that. Yeah, similar time of like. Why same French history? history. Yeah, yeah. And I know a bit of French. My you know, daughter's French. I know what I remember town, but and and I've read through it, and I was astounded by his knowledge. And so, you know, the thing is, if you've got a military organization, what is the ethos of any military sacrifice? Hmm. What is Chattaka of a goat? A sacrifice. What is the Chattaka of the Panjabiare beheading them? A sacrifice. Sorry. That's why Trump, in a very bad tone, he said Guru Gobind Singh believed in human sacrifice. Ernest Trump. Not, not Donald Trump. Just no, Ernest saying. Trump. Yeah. This is what Trump said in Munich in one of his, his talks for Christians yeah, 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 yeah. because they were against his whole idea of human sacrifice and paganism, right? So they, yeah, yeah. So he equated it as the same, the Banjabiari. So look, let's just say, let's not try and be historical about it. Right? Let's try and take it away from... Let's not be rational. Let's, necessarily, let's get away yeah, from yeah. rationality. Let's look... Because it ties you up in knots. It ties you up in knots. Yeah. Let's look at the essence of why the chatka or the beheading of something is involved. What does it represent symbolically? That's how you should look at Indian texts. What do they symbolize? Yeah. What's the essence? It means mm -hmm. sacrifice. Yeah. And in Mahanirvana Tantra, a very ancient text in India, you have the idea that a human being has Pashu Birti we have animal desires. Then it says, uh, above the animal desires, we have human needs of yep. love yeah. and emotions. It says, above the human needs, we have veer, we were warriors, we have the ability to sacrifice for nobility. And above that is Parampursha, enlightenment. You look at Joseph Campbell, a hero with a thousand faces, yeah? The same thing, isn't it? The same idea. Look at Sigmund Freud's psychology is essentially what we just said there, right? Yeah. Supraconsciousness, it... Yeah, you learn, yeah, layers, layers, right? It's the same principle, right? Mm -hmm. And so the chataka represents killing or sacrificing our animal nature for the wider good. Yeah, right. Fair. You can you can put it to that. Yeah, and and the Banjabiari giving their heads, sacrificing themselves, what for? For the Khalsa ban. Yeah. Yep. And so whether it happened or not, over I definitely believe that Guru Gobind Singh. Took the Panjabiari's heads. I definitely believe it. Other people won't. They say it's not historical, but I believe there's a lot more to reality than meets the eye. And I just want to go into something, backtrack a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Because I've just got one more page on this in my PhD, but if I may. No, no, please share yeah. it with the sun. This is why I turn off. And so, Ratan Singh Bungal, and remember, people say 1841 for Bungal's yeah. work, yeah? yeah? It's more like 1800. Okay. Right? It's more like 1800. That also needs to be looked at. And I, I, I believe that um, Professor Mann, not of uh, not of Leicester, but Professor Mann, ex-Santa Barbara, New York, yeah, 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 yeah. he wrote a whole essay that Octoloni and Captain Murray were much earlier. And so 1841 cannot be the date of Panth Pragat. It must be much earlier. Okay. When, when the British were getting their informants, yeah, to, to give knowledge about, you know, their what they were interested in. Mm. And so he, he says that Guru Gobind Singh, after reciting the 33 Saveyi, which we already said, yeah. and criticizes the Masans uh, and praises the Khalsa, the Ardas was performed. Then the beginning of Pajitta Nataka was said. And then he, the, the Jap Jap we've talked about. And then Anand, uh, some parts of Rehras of Vasi Pagoti Jiki. Mm. And then 
by Money Singh relates this a little bit that Ardhagant was for devotion and Dasamgant was for war. And then this was stirred uh, and included a composition from the Chiritra Pakyan. Yeah. And then basically you can find this in their work. And then if you go back to Senapat, which is earlier, he illustrates a strong relationship between the Khalsa and his finalized military role. So you have to look at all of this in a military sense. Does that make sense? Or ethos of sacrifice. We're trying to look at it from a modern religious sense and it doesn't match up. It's not going to match up. It can't. It can't. It can't. Yeah. Then Senapat describes it then by re reiterating the verses of the Teti Sarayu. So is the Teti Sarayu basically that? course yeah, yeah it's basically telling you, you exactly what to do what yeah in, in a sense and he narrates those who join the Khalsa should abandon the Masals yeah, and form a direct relationship to the Guru including the givings of offerings okay. right that's Senapath that's on in many verses throughout his, his there's uh, a lot of talk about yeah many verses I mean you know there's one two three four five six seven verses <laughs> reiterating that and if I'm more yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not more. And then he also talks about the prescription of ritual head shaving. So we're talking about the Brahmanistic yep. aspect. Yep. Yeah. This is also within the book. This is obviously, you know, that we must keep Gish, yeah, and Adari and all that to renounce the Fukkah, yeah, to get yep. a, a, a thing of the thoughts, to get people addicted. And then here, what you talked about very early on in our interview, the final command is the Khalsa to abandon all social relations with the five retrograde groups. So Masans, and I've put here old system of Sikh officials with diocese. Mine, yeah? Killers of daughters, women, female infanticide, people. Yeah, right, yeah. Why just asking Ramgariya was excommunicated. Yeah. yeah. And then the temple with the Dasambran gives the following account of the Masans. If you want to serve the Masans, they say, go and fetch us all your wealth. Go immediately and hand over all your riches. And that is the Umbra Sabayir, so the Tirti Sabayir, verse. 29, which is a feature of all early hagiographic texts I've written there. Yeah. yeah. The most recognizable martial, martial feature of the new Khalsa, present in both modern and traditional Sikh practice, is the wearing of arms and gish, as well as the addition of Singh and Gaur to male and female names, respectively. It's interesting that Sukhasin calls the belt of the sword a Gatha Adyanol, a Brahman thread. Sukhasin Gurpalas here, and that's page 70. This new identity was the formalization of the identity the Gurus had already taken on for themselves and consists of the symbolic military attributes of an Indian ruler, which is clearly a continuation from the institutions established by the Sikh Guru. It is clear the dialogues in the Dasmagrant Saab are an essential part of this military transformation. Am I going to about the feeding the Khalsa? And I might as well talk about that yet because we mentioned it earlier. After the first Khandik of ceremony was concluded, Concluded the Tep Guru then fed the Khalsa before the Brahmans. This symbolized the breaking away from the Varanal caste system of India. Gore Singh to his passages from Dasamra is said to have repeated at this time. He proves an explanation, sorry, he provides an explanation of them as well as a date of 1689 when this composition was first written. The Guru says to Misav, the Brahman offended by this act, Misha, do you only receive what is written in your destiny? Do not be angry and overcome your emotions. I've committed no crime. I did not forget. Do not be angry with me. I have won battles with their help. It pleases me to serve them. Yeah? Yeah. Which is which is very... Anyone who's read that Sariya is simple. In, in, yeah, it's clear. Simple to understand, yeah? yeah? So even for people with bad words that we like yeah, ourselves, yeah? Really. And so that's the, you know, the major narrative. And then 
actually after that, yep. then the Chobi of Thar is completed around 1698. Okay. So okay. we're talking in sections, you see. Yeah, yeah. Whereas actually it's one big... Yeah. Sl- and let's look at Azam of Thar, which finishes that Chobi of Thar. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Just just wanted to kind of find No, 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 I love that. Love that. Um one thing that you mentioned and then I backtracked you to the goats is you mentioned the Panjamukti. Now, something which is of obviously interest is Koshish's account <clears throat> is that once the Panjabiari are initiated, they then prepare Gandhi for themselves and administer it to five more things who offer their heads. Uh, and Koshish goes on to argue or goes to suggest even that these are given the title of Panjamukti. And, and Guru Gobind Singh Ji gives them their names, Deva Ram, Ram Chand, Tehil Das, Ishar Das, and Fateh Chand. Yeah. Goshe says in total, 40 people took Amrit the day of Vasaki. The next day, groups of five Singhs were administered Paul to the Sangat that had arrived. So, from that account, what I would assume is there is an initial ceremony. Those five then initiate the next five. Those two groups then initiate more until there's 40. And then those groups the following day seem to initiate. Everybody. Everybody. The whole world, yeah. essentially, right? Yeah. What's kind of, I guess that actually kind of connects to what you were saying earlier about how actually there's a number of events. There's not just one big kind of ceremony and the whole world is initiated in one go. Yeah, yeah, that account, historical account, just completely matches up to that. What I guess what I'm actually asking then is how, like, what role do the Panjshbar and the Panjshmukhtar play apart from obviously being the first and second set of five Sikhs to be initiated. And what do other historical accounts say about what's going on at this period? Very good question. Let's look at, first, let's go to Bhaigaradas number two. Vahu Vahu Gobind Singh Aapikul Kela Guru Simramanai Kanika Khandeki Villa. The Guru meditate on Kalika. Now is the time of the Khanda. Vahu Vahu Gobind Singh is the Guru and the student. So the Guru, you miss something big in all of this, yeah? Sorry to say, Alvazi. Guru Gobind Singh took Amrath from the Panj himself. So this is what I was going to get on to later, which is none of these accounts seem to state that, though. Well, he did. Okay. Yeah, well, he, well, he did. I'm not saying he didn't before someone, like, tries to string me up by my bootstraps. But what I mean is, is that just going off what the, the text was saying, it... And again, I'm not challenging the narrative. It just seems that so far, most of them... Don't suggest that. And so this is the thing. It's like, let's look at, you know, let's look at Guru Granth Sahib. Does it tell you how to do the part? It can't. Does it tell you how to make Gra Prasad? doesn't. Sometimes we know what happened. Yeah. Because it's obvious. doesn't mean it has to be written down. Yeah. Right? yeah. But the thing is, Guru Gobind Singh, he went from Guru Gobind Rai to Guru Gobind Singh. Yeah. And we all know in our Punjabi law and our tales that that's what happened on that day. Yeah. Even if historians don't give it, right? And so the thing is, the that's the danger of taking these things literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater and everything. Yeah, yeah. Remember, the spider last two. He's telling you that. Yeah. Happy Guru Chella. Yeah. Mm. So the Guru gets initiation from the punch. 
you know, a fund law was tied on Guru Gobind Singh, by Fan Singh's view, he gave it to first, and then they tied it on Guru Gobind Singh, which is according to Koshish uh, Shizolah, right? So, you know, Sarup Singh. Now look, Pandabiyare, they represent that the archetypal attributes of Guru Gobind Singh. They are, that, um, you know, the, the, the kind of virtues of the Guru, yeah? They represent his form, yeah? Now the next five, and then remember the Guru expounds the the Red. Mm -hmm. So symbolically, the next five represent those who complete the Red completely, okay. and that's why the mysticism is they merge into light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they disappeared. Yeah. yeah, and that's again, which is a separate thing altogether. I guess. Together, yeah. 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 yeah, because they are so much in the Red that their body, their Kundalini, their energy goes so high up into the Akash that they actually. Are no longer physical beings anymore, yeah, yeah. and that's why the Nahangs they believe whenever the Panth is in problems, the Jirip Panjam Mukte, Charlie Muktea, and Shahid Singhs come back to help. But Baba Mit Singh, um, five Shahid Singhs tied a fanla on him and gave him Amrit when he was a child, and then he brought back all the manuscripts, all the red, the Sera Puja, Shastra, Shastra Puja is nearly finished on Moses and Tats, even in Budalal. Baba Mitzing brought all that back and all the grants and everything else. And so there's a Nahang law about that. Mm -hmm. And so there's, this is the mysticism now about the Nahangs. And so that's, you know, the Banjim Mukti represent that completion of Red and that kind of complete power that a real Khalsa has in all dimensions. Yep. The Khalsa is a multi-dimensional being yeah. rather than a Mayadari being <laughs> yeah, here, yeah. Yeah, just on a military mission. Yeah, It is a lot more spiritual and mystical than that. So I'd say that's what the second group represents. Okay. And then I'd say that the the in my view, the overall narrative of this shows it happened stepwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and it must have, right? It must have. And you can't, you know, you can't give umbrats to that, you know, eighty thousand people in a few hours. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's gonna be a process. Yeah, of course. And so what we're saying here is that from between sixteen ninety six to seventeen hundred around this period. There are Vasakis, there are ceremonies, which leads to what we know as the Umrah Sanjah. Yeah. And that's what all the confusion is about. That's what the goat slaughter is about. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that's interesting is Koshis actually states that uh, Guru Gomez Singh gives by Nandlal Charampol and not Khandadi Pol to make him a Sikh. What's going on there? Why is there a difference? And doesn't that suggest that not everyone is meant to be a Khalsa? Look, you know, the modern narrative, you've asked a really, really good question again, right? I love your questions. This, this is the issue. The modern day Sikhi, which is based on Anglicized, you know, Presbyterian Church of England version through Macaulay, yeah? Yeah. Into the SDPC and his agents, like... Who we discussed later, but... Dancing Nabar by V. Singh et al. Yeah. Right? They will follow that same kind of ideology. They... These guys love uniformity to the level of monoculture of bacteria. I can't say, you know, I'm not saying they were completely like that. I'm saying there's an element of their writings yeah, that's like slanting towards that. Because obviously, in a way, they had to survive. Seek. You know, I understand they were living in oppression. They had to do what they did. Yeah. But they edited a lot of texts. They did a lot of stuff. I'm sure, sure they were really saintly, really good. And I can show where they've edited texts. And I'm prepared to even go to the limit and show the show the Sangat what happened, right? But I understand why they did what they did, and I'm not criticizing them, they did what they had to do. But 
what they try to show is there was this uniform khalsa or this uniform ceremony, the uniform rev, which we know from Sekapias going through picking group. Not the case, is it? No. And so if you look at Khalsa Tarum Shastaratasing Vahiriya on the you know, from his which was uh, his patron was the uh Sardar Game Singh Bedi, yeah, you know, on the lineage of Guru Nanak. When he wrote that, he talks about a different types of Ambarat. Yeah. And so first Ambarat is Namda Ambarat. So you know when you're named by Guru Granth Sahib, that's a diksha. That's not just that your naming ceremony. That's what they've made it now. That's your you've given a name from yeah, Guru, yeah, and it's yeah. meaningless. No, no. To be named from Guru Granth Sahib from Shabad Guru is getting Nam. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not meaningless. That's a very deep spiritual thing. As a baby, you're brought in a Shabad, a random reading which represents you as a human being comes from a Kalpurk. And the first letter is taken, and that's imparted on you as a nam. It's first nam. You sure? Right? This is how blind we've gone, yeah? Because we've become pious Christians who don't like ritual. Now, the second one, don't have empty rituals. That's the issue. Second one, where part Garbani is read, like the Sarovar of the Basab, contrary to Ranjit Singh. So the thing is, according to him, it's just water. No, he isn't. That water's here in the Garbani. That means that Amras and Chal water is just water then. According to that idiot, actually say it. According to him. Yeah, but that's also wait, wait, wait. Like a shit understanding of science. Of course he is. Yeah. Of course he is. But look, you see how stupid he is. Yeah, if he's yeah. saying the Bar Sab Sarovar is just water, then the Amras and Chal water is just, just water. water. So the fact is, how stupid is that? Mm. The, the Bar Sab that Jal is listening to Garbani like the pot of water at the Akhand party is also Amras. And it gives you spiritual energy to drink it, to bathe in it, because it listens to Garbani. Hello, everyone. If that's not the case, don't even take Umrah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm shouting it. <laughs> right. Now, the third one. The third one is where you get initiation into Nam through a sect, through a Seng, and dancing now by Guru Matamaratan. So, this again is Singh Sabha guy. He says this is initiation form, you know, like the the cloth of Guru Granth Sahib. They put a bit of dam through it, and then it's saying like you get nam. Okay. It's or somebody kind of like Jalanpur. Yeah, kind kind of like that. Or somebody would do some bhagavani for you, and then they give it to you to drink, and you drink it, and it's saying you've got some nam. That's why the Radha Swamis is so big, because not everybody wants to be a warrior. Some people just want to meditate and do nam, and they need a ritual for it. They don't want to pick up a shastra. In society, how many people are in the army? Yeah. Why the gurus were practical? They didn't want every sect to be become. That's why I'm answering your question. Long-winded, yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't want every person to be a warrior. Yeah. Maharaj even says to the poets, "Leave. It's not your time to fight." Yeah. It's written in the theas. So the thing is, so there was a non-military initiation, which is the third type, and some people call that just like amrit. It's got different names in the history. Now, some Sikh writers say that type of Tarambon Umbra yeah, was poured, poured into the river, yeah? And it was replaced by Kandekap, or some writers say that. But you can see why the Guru makes that as a start of that time. Yeah. Saying, I want you, at this moment, we need to fight. So let's all stand up. Even the weakest of you needs to fight, yeah? Because that could have been the situation. But that doesn't mean that was his outlook forever for the whole month. That's where the free people's yeah, journey yeah. too far. Because it's saying here that Painandalal is given Chadampul, which would argue he's got a separate but different purpose. Yeah. Now the fourth one, 
again controversial is that they say it's for Bibian, yeah? And that's a question. Did um, women take Amrath? They did. They did, because Chopa Singh Rath and Amma gives the Rath for women. Why would he include a Rath for women if women didn't take Amrath? Yeah. And that, I remember Chopa Singh's quote with Bandar. Yeah, I remember Chopa Singh's quote with by Bansabli Namma Kisses in Shibari's his ancestor yeah. about him recording that, and that has women's code. And so, Karpan Amrath, Azul Sadak, give Karpan Amrath. Contrary to public belief, this is not a different Amrath than Kande Karpan Amrath. It's the same Amrath. But a Karpan is just put through that same Amrath. And it's to symbolize femininity. And that means a non Kshatri Amrath, again, but somebody who vows to keep their Kish. And it's called Kishank Amrath, and it's for women to keep their Kish doesn't necessarily mean they're going to keep all the rest of the card or go into battle and fight. The last one is the one where you go to battle and fight and you mm-hmm. keep fighting the card. Yeah, yeah. Now, how much sense does that make? Yeah, it makes logical sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, no, and that explains all the different answer Amrath and Charles, explains all the different Hukam Nammis and all the different accounts. Rather than us trying to attach all of that to one singular event and one singular trajectory of history. So, Avtar Singh Vahiriya, he did a miracle by putting the seat praxis together. Yeah. Because he puts that together and that explains the history itself. You have to look at practices and history together. You can't look at them separately. Yep. And if you just look at history by itself, you have that approach of somebody like, you know, W. H. McLeod, uh, J. S. Garewal, mm. you know, Grinderman of, of Santa Barbara, now New York, you're gonna fall into a well. Mara says about the red, you learn the red from the Khalsa as well. Mm. You have to go amongst Cars with them, Jirke, but go to Baba Mans in Shanamikuri in India, India, get party, join the Nahangs, go stay there, learn the Mariada, not from shitheads like me. Go there, live with the Nahangs in India, join. You know, Different. instead of being internet warriors like I used to be, yeah. and I'm guilty of, go to Punjab, go to see Baba Mans and say, I'm here, and learn the Mariada. Yeah, and stay with the Dal for a couple of years. Like uh, you can go to uni for three years to feed your dead mm-hmm. and your fat belly. If you want to learn Mariata, go to India for a few years, learn Santa Gundransa, learn Tanti Saad, stay there for three years, learn your language, learn Punjabi. Even if you're a Western person who's converted to Sikhi, go there, stay with Baba Manze in Chanvikururi, Chakravarti, yeah. and learn the Mariata. Yeah. You referred to McAuliffe earlier in McLeod. One thing that is interesting is McAuliffe is the first person to state that a Persian historian, Shah argues that a news writer of the period sent to the Mughal emperor a copy of Guru Gobind Singh Ji's address to the Sikhs of Anandpur on the 1st of Basakhi, Sambat 1756, which adds up with 1699, but we'll go into that in a second. Gadawar's view is that the address isn't, like he's saying that this eyewitness account can't be true um he says that it can't be true because uh it starts with a direct statement of revenge and the, the eyewitness account argues that the main reason for the Khalsa being established is to seek revenge for Guru Gobind Singh Ji and then also the chronology is faulty with the creation of the Khalsa being placed as early as 1675 which doesn't really make much sense chronicles of Bud Singh, Bhagat Mal, Kishwandarai, Ahmad Shah Batala, Ganesh Da, Sohanlal Suri and Aliuddin all follow this same account. They all basically verbatim say that there's an eyewitness. And to be honest, I think I first came across it at university and couldn't find any. There's no war. There doesn't seem to be any truth to the account. Godawa's conclusion is that the speech that Bhuktishar attributes to Guru Gobind Singh on the day of creating the Khalsa is purely an imaginative feat. Direct speech was a stylistic feature of historical works in Persian, and Bhuktishar's work is quite full of it. 
from your reading of uh, historical sources, how much truth is in what in, in the statement itself? And are there any eyewitness accounts to it besides perhaps some of the pre-colonial textbooks? Let, let's look at the elephant in the room there, Ahmed. Yeah, I mean, I loosely, I would just check my phone, but I loosely, just yeah, 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 yeah. And I obviously I know the subject reasonably well, yeah. And so the thing is, all of those are not all of those chroniclers are not Sikhs. Good point. Right? So the thing is, number one, they have a different style of recording history. Mm. Most of them write in Persian, Urdu type of language, right? Uh, or you could say what the, the British called Hindustani, yeah? yeah? And so the fact is, they're writing in that style and they're trying to convey what how they see what the Guru's mission is. So it's a literary structure almost. Right, right like what, yeah. what J.S. Gurdwan yeah. says. Now, why is it that Gavis and Talksing doesn't mention that account? Because it's not his. It's not based in like the truth. That he's not based talking. on the truth. Yeah. Why is it that you you don't see this anywhere? Yeah, we don't see it anywhere else. It's just right. these guys. We, we've just went through. Let me just go back here. I mean, I go through the Yamuna Sanjad. We went through Guru Gobind Singh's own work. Yep. We went through um, uh, Senapat. Yep. We went through Bansabli Nama, Chopa Singh Rathanama, Rathan Singh Pangu. We went through uh, Baba Santa Singh's exegesis of that. We went through Koshish. Um, mm -hmm. Again, Koshish is writing uh, from the part of Ahis, isn't yep. it? Yep. Right? Uh, which is it? Which is a core account. We went by Diyar Singh's and Ethanamak. I mean, we've been through a lot of, and you, you've talked about the Hukam Namib yeah. around the same time. They could easily mention it or, or contradict, counteract it. And we've been through even seeing some scholars, right? And their works. So for me, I mean, I'm sorry, but... If no one else is mentioned. The elephant in the room is for Sikhs, that has that document has no meaning. Yeah, yeah. So, no point. Or if it, and if it existed. Yeah, and if it was. If, and that's a big if. Just moving on then, because there's a hell of a lot that I still want to get included. The main point then, date of instituting the Khalsa. Now, what's interesting about this is Joel Pricing places of Asaki in 1697. Most of the other 18th century sources place it between 1695 and 1698, which is obviously a year before kind of the established year within the modern narrative. In fact, the Hukum number of 1698 to the Sangat of Banor includes an instruction to come at the time of Basaki and Holi, fully armed to take the Guru's fall, Guru's ball even, and Gaur Singh's Gurbalas also places it in 1698. So again, what you were saying earlier about how Maharaj is telling them how, how to come prepared before the Vasaki, the initiation ceremonies even happen. As you were saying, Gurinder Singh Man from the USA has examined a similar Hukum Lama of 1698 and thinks that its contents suggest the existence of the ceremony of initiation again in the same year, not in 99. Furthermore, and some may say I'm probably stretching the truth at this point, but there's a manuscript of Dasam Gantat Takat uh, Patna Sahib dated to 1698, almost implying all the new Barney scripture is created for the new Bant. It's almost like the Dasam Gantat is created exactly in order then the literature is created or the scripture is created to then create the institution so it then can use this scripture as its foundation for want of a better word. Exactly. Right? So, from the little that I've researched... And that's why Brian Mully Singh in Shahid Balas by Sima Singh, I believe it is, eight, around 1800, he writes that Bhai Mully Singh is set with a Qur'an to the Akal Thaksal. Now, what would that be? That's some good idea. And that's why the one with the Sankh of that day 
1698, which is the exact year it was there, which was the one that was thrown through the window, yeah? And that's the one that we're referring to, this one? Referring to. Okay. That was sent with five sings and Nishan Saab after the Amr Sinjad. So exactly, you hit the nail on the head. The Khalsa Bible, you can say, if we want to use that term, or the Khalsa Guidebook. Is Dasam Gun. Is Dasam Gun. Yeah. The Book of Princes, you can say. Like yeah. our political rule. You know, the same as what the British informants were telling the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the Brahmins were telling the, the British. It's like how people kind of, I guess, refer to Machiavelli's work. Like, That's it's right. It's like the political work. Yes, yeah, yeah. that was our work. And our work for learning warfare, Shastravidya, for political things, for battle tricks. It was all through Dasam Club. And people worldly need, issues. Maybe. Yeah, people, yeah. yeah, worldly issues. And that's why people need to read it to get worldly sharp. And so the thing is, going back to the different years, this also fits in neatly with Dasangrant, which you just said here about the extra Bania, or we can say what is the Apocrypha. Yeah. That could have done the Asa Sorad and so many, you know, Sukhmana and so many other different Bania. So obviously you've got the 1696, which I talked about in the in our first yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that one was obviously copied more than the next one yeah and so the 1696 finishes at a certain point which was the the jopai the jopai sab and the zafar nama is appended to it which again if it's in the dates of the umrah sanchar the date of the kiritabhakyan fits in with the umrah sanchar then you've got the 1698 one yeah but the jobi of that is now completed yep. yeah and then that well, that ties into what you're saying right? exactly. being completed and now that's yes. set to the sangha the patanal sangha yep. as well and it's got the extra vanya and then that it proves that Bani La Ugaradati is Guru Maharaj's because it's around the creation of the final numbers in Shah of Khalsa, hmm. as as we formally know it. Yeah. Last point you can say, yeah. Okay. Through these various ceremonies that happen with the Chatka, with the with keeping gears, just keeping weapons, getting to the level of what we can say is Panti Kagar, free Kagar, hmm. maybe going to five. I don't know. I'm postulating. But because the thing is that when Priya mentioned in Sarplaw, it could be five, yeah. But this is the other thing that I would like, because obviously there's a lot of people who make a lot of noise about this on the internet and I'm not about to name any names because it gives gives these people more uh, fuel that they don't need. But one thing that I find interesting is we, just like you were saying earlier, we look back at history in terms of from like a modern lens. So for argument's sake, you didn't have Tesco back then or you weren't going to the shop to buy your, like, your boxes. You would be wearing a kashera because that is the cultural norm, so to speak. Like, the kara was a shastra, so you'd probably be wearing it for just want of protection. Like, what I'm trying to get at is that we look at the Panjka Karas in a prescriptive religious manner in the modern age. But actually, it's more like actually then it would have played a practical means that people would have probably already be wearing or using. Like, it, like so what I mean is Guru Maharaj saying, like, be shastatari is just reinforcing something that Guru Har Gobind Sahib has been saying since. So it's not necessarily new in that sense just coming back to the day in the, in the same way the body tradition of shimbe pasha yeah like the body music of tadi dasam grat in the kavata that he's in is the continuation of that yeah yeah in the Harabic, in the Harabic and it's a military yeah. theme or whatever. exactly so it's the institutionalization of that but i just wanted to allude to something else when you talk about the hula mahalla and obviously there's a direct relationship with shastra puja there Ram of Thar is read under Sera Chastra We talked about buying money singer, and then obviously Hulma Pahanla, Krishna of Thar, and the Baniya. But then look, this is what's really important. 
why in this period is there a rapid militarization of the punk? Because the Guru knew from his informants that the Mughals would attack Anandasar. Mm. So you had to get everyone ready. You had to give them up. Because we know only a few years later, Anandasar is attacked. The siege, yeah. That's the next thing. And the Battle of Timkarsab and all the rest of it. So I'm looking through my PhD and I'm like, I'm forced to be in historical here. So I'm, I'm trying to step historically, try to think, I can't say what the Guru's thinking because I'm nowhere, not even anything, yeah. at least, even his feet, I'm not worthy of. But what I'm trying to say on a historical level, why would Guruji do that? Because you have to make a rapid military force to protect the Nankalasal siege. And and what did we mention? Even Amrasa. So the Nishans are set, the Dasam is set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To take it away from an Anthropocene, to keep it safe. To keep everything safe, yeah? The Patana Sahib, they're sent far and wide, yeah? To keep it all yeah. safe. Because this big work, yeah? And so you see, historically, what we're saying makes sense. Yes. And what modern day... Everything's starting to connect. Yeah. 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 What the modern day narrative is, it's not, it's not organic. It's very it's constructive. It's very constructed, literal for, for different purposes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's there to divide. He isn't there to bring this together. I'm here to bring it together. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I came because I knew with your PhD thesis, you'd you'd hopefully be the person to ask the questions. Now, what's interesting about the dating thing is is that all of the pre-colonial texts seem to be very much in agreement that it's around 1698. I don't think any of them really disagree with one another. The first point, and again, I've done very little research, so I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who know better, but just off the back of what I've read, it seems to be that Gyanli Gyan Singh has a number of statements, and one of them is that uh, 1699 is the year that the Khalsa is created. He seems to be the first one to put that year forward. What's also interesting, though, is he also says a number of other things which don't necessarily hold water. So he declares that... It's like the creation of the Nirvali. But he also says that there's only Wait a second. Yeah. It's interesting because he says that Nirvali are created about the same time. But there's look at all the other accounts. They yeah, and they offer they go against what he said. And that's 1888, Yadi Gansing, isn't it? And so the thing is, they're not mentioned before 1888 in Atheas. I mean, they have literature, they have yeah. Sampradha, but they don't have a creation story until Yadi Gansing comes along. But what's also interesting, he says a number of other things. He says there's only four main recensions of Dathamgrant, which we know is untrue. Uh, colophons within numerous manuscripts prove it to be wrong. Even the Soldat Committee is able to locate 32 manuscripts. Again, that's a whole different podcast which we've already done. Gyanli Gyansing also states that Guru Gobind Singh did not kneel to accept Amrit from the Panjabi Now, personally, I think much of that is a theological issue within himself. But wait a second, why would he say that if Guru Gobind Singh didn't get Amrit? If that, if that wasn't an idea? You see, why would he say that if it okay, let me let me rephrase it so I'm more academic. I, I want to say it so people understand it. He would only say that if there was an idea that the Guru kneeled and took umbrella from Bhakbiya. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is the common consensus, right? Yes. That the Guru took umbrella from the punch. And this is the whole issue with the Nirmanir, why they criticize Ugatanti Bani, Sarablogrant, and you know, Pandatara Singharotam in um why did you get the name right? It was Gurnir Nir Sagar. Okay. Siri Gurmat Nir Nir Sagar, 1877. Yep. So, Pandit Taras in the Rota, and he says, Oh, how can the Khalsa be Satgur Pura? 
when Mara says, Carl Samir Satgurpura in Sarbul Granth, yeah? He says, so Sarbul Granth can't be written by Guru Gobind Singh because of that. And he quotes, Oh, Gurudanti can't be because of this and that. So anything that praises the Khalsa for that level, then Nirvana deny. But doesn't that go against everything we've just discussed? Exactly, because is what you're what they're doing there, you know, the same Masan, the Brahmanism. Oh, I see. Yeah, they've got a vested interest in order to break that because it takes away their like role and authority. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This whole thing kind of cause and effect in this case. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get it. And they have and it's also the fact that 1699, I know this is going to sound quite simplistic, but it's also the fact that 1699 is a, like, it looks like a better number than 1698 is the reason it's picked. Like, as in, I know it sounds really trivial and stupid, but like, aesthetically, when you look at it on a page, it is more appeasing. Like, is there an element of like simplicity, like rather than kind of dig into it and be like, well, actually, maybe it was 97 or not. Like, cause they all say 98. Like let's, everyone says let's let's look at our conversation we discussed 96 yeah you went far back as 95 yeah 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 in one account you went 96 98 came a number of times yeah 99 didn't come once no we haven't even discussed it right and so i don't know where that's from touche fair fair and and I, I, i've given you my reasons of why i think it's there okay and maybe in jamie gansley's defense I mean, I'm being academic here, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is maybe he's writing something that was forgotten. Yes. And maybe we need to check the sources and dig into that. Yeah. Who knows? And also just as we were discussing earlier, there's numerous layers to it, like sending out Hukum Nami, preparing people, removing the Masans, the Khalsa ceremonies itself, so on and so forth. Oh, and Everyone? remember the preamble to Vasaki's Wulla Mahalla. Yes. Yeah. Which is complete military, right? Yeah. And people a... forget that, that. Vasaki itself as a ceremony is sitting on the marching ceremony of Allah Ma'ala. Everyone misses that one, don't they? I think they never see it as a connection. They never see the two together. It's a separate event. see it. And, then, and you have to look at it in that way. And then they forget that it's after this period that Nagpasar is sieged. is sieged and everything else. And John Gordon happened. And it's all connected. It's all connected. And it just shows you how much of a great general and emperor Guru Gobind Singh was because he preempted their attack. And he preempted their plans. Mm. And he was already preparing the Sangha for that, else we wouldn't have made it through. I wouldn't be sitting here in Barna and you wouldn't be a Singh. Sing. <laughs> <or a sing. laughs> and I wouldn't be <laughs> Nan Singh and you wouldn't have taken Amrath from Buddha. Nope. Right? Nope. Because it's because of what Guruji saw there that we are here. And so we've got to look at it that whatever was happening, call it ceremonies, call it whatever you want, he was militarizing Sangha. Yes, yes, to definitely. Definitely. Defend themselves against an imminent attack and in the same order of Miri Piri, this was a spiritual event rather than just a secular event. Yes, it had mystical connotations for Sikhs in their cosmological worldview. Yeah. It wasn't just some meaningless thing that they're being attacked colonially and they need to yield their power. Their power was God given and they were going to protect their sovereignty. Yeah, no, definitely. Does that make sense? No, completely. I think that ties into also what you were saying about earlier about Rajnami and kind of the injunctions that are discussed straight after the initiations or the Khalsa ceremony. So Gaur Singh says, like pretty much all of, as you know, all of the pre-colonial texts agree that Kandadip, once you've taken Kandadipol, you become a Kirst Dari Shastra Dari Sikh. And they are both the distinctive features, hair and weapons, basically. Um, so I think, again, the whole discussion of Panskakar is the framing of it because if you're Shastatari you're probably going to have 
your kara, your kirpan or something already. You're going to have your case because you're kestari. And then kishedar is a practical means. I like So I, my opinion is that some things don't need to be prescribed at certain times because it's part of like the cultural consensus or whatever. Like if that, like you wouldn't leave the house today without shoes on. Like I know it sounds really stupid, but it's that kind of thing. Um, yeah, like, she's gonna go with a kanga. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna need a ban. Is gonna go with a kara. Yeah, you're gonna need a comb to yeah. comb your hair. Like exactly. otherwise, you're gonna end up like uh, with dreads, and that's something that we're not. We we're not. Uh, we're not dreadlocks. <laughs> we, we look after our kids and keep yeah. clean, right? Yeah, we're not yogis. Yes, that's the word. Okay. We're not like we yogis of in Nam. When we're not, we're not announced yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, Gorsing, like many of the other pre colonial texts, says that the Khalsa, like you mentioned earlier, are not to associate with the Masans, the Tirumali, the Ramrais, Minas, those who cut their hair. They are to shun, hookah, never smoke, or cut their hair, and all castes are to eat as one. Uh, Gorsish's Gurki Sankhya says all previous births and Gadams have been annulled. The Khalsa were given the visible form of Kal, as in death. And he also references Panakakar in this case, the Kieski Kanga Kirpan Kara I think you referred to that earlier about that being kind of a blue, uh, um, a blue the start. My question is, what is your kind of, because as you rightfully said, if we start going into the nitty gritty of like this, Tudatama says this, and this, Tudatama says that, we're going to be here forever. But Overall, what is your view put forward by the Vietnam and the injunctions, especially the pre-colonial one, and what are their biggest agreements and perhaps disagreements? Because one thing that's very clear is they all say, you take under the pole, you are Shasta Tari and you are Kes Tari, like point blank. There's no question on that. You're just asking what is the... Kind of what is the consensus? Of the Vietnam. Yeah. I think the Vietnam, they all meet in a very, very simple way. Yeah. Yeah. First is a single singani is one who recites Gurbani. Yep. Does Nam, does Seva, Seva the Sangha. Yep. So the the basics of Sikhi yep. yeah, and fundamental. The next part is as you discussed, the appearance, Kish, Chastatari. They all agree on that. And then the other things they all ag- agree on what is forbidden. So for instance, the shard could have to shave to uh, tobacco, tobacco, um, to kill Kudia, yeah, Kudimar, um, to go to the reprobate. Halal is also massively forbidden. Exactly, Halal. And so that's the nature of it, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. That, and and no one can argue with that. No. And that's what, if you go to Amras and Charles, that's the death. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because that's the nature of the death, and I'm here. And if you want to know a bit more, Carl says the one who rides the horse. Khalsa is the one who practices with the sword. Yep. Khalsa is the one who keeps five weapons. Then you can go even further, yeah? And then it goes into deep detail about yeah. what Khalsa potentially can be. Yeah. Some of them diverge on dietary requirements, but that itself is a complete kettle of fish on its own, right? Yeah. Because some say you can eat fish. Some say you don't eat meat. Some say you can eat meat on particular points and in particular animals. Yeah. It's a, Again, though, it's obviously reflective of the time that they're writing like they're not going to Sainsbury's and buying their uh, corn products or whatever exactly I mean you know the Vietnam they're interested in documents because you have authors penning them but they're writing them for the guru mm. and then obviously in you know say say I don't know we, we're all in the company and the, and the CEO says write a report and we all write a report on the company activity it's not going to be the same is it 
So everyone's got the wrong view. Yeah, everyone's got of all the matches. Yeah, and it's written with the jurisdiction of CEO. Yeah, right. It's a bit yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, you're gonna get some things exact, some things are different, but it doesn't mean that they're fake because they don't match. Yeah, yeah, completely. But it's yeah. also people's like what they want also to almost legitimize. Like as in, I don't know, the author who writes about fish may really like fish for argument's sake. And it's like, I don't want to make that like a, something that you don't do for like, I know it's a bit of a random, but an example. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got a point. I think for me looking at this and having researched that on me, looked at that, the hot lickets, been, been through the various material English and Gurmukhi. I mean, the thing to look at really is the proto death, which, you know, that's a term that McCaw, uh, McLeod uses mm. and it's accurate. Because it's the prototype red for all the other red. Yeah. It's the red in the biggest detail. Mm. And if you want to un understand all the other documents, you have to look at the Brian Samarag. And Brian Samarag, again, the Singh Sabha, they want to date it from the Sekraj period. But really, it's from really? like 1696, around this same type of period we're talking about for the Umbras and Dad. It's very hard to get copies of it. Yeah. It's around then. I mean, I've got manuscript copies from then, as in, like, I photographed them. Nice. I found one from 1701 and other dates. And so the thing is, it has a lot of legitimacy, but people don't like the content because yes. they find it romantic yeah. or, you know, it's an quote, unquote, Hindu yep. and so on. But for me, it's a very, very interesting document, like, very important to understand the, the death and... You know, you have to look like it, it's so important because it tells us how the Khalsa Raj is formed politically mm -hmm. and how our, how our state would be formed. And that's why it's so important to look at that document and understand it. And I invite scholars to look at it and how we can apply it to our com and how we can do something with it. But the SGPC as ambassadors for our, 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 Bunt is just not a good idea. Committee, no, like a benign committee yeah, yeah. that sits there under the Indian government. That's not Khalsa. No, no. Um, one thing that we've alluded to briefly just throughout this whole podcast, and probably one of the last questions that we'll deal with, which is how does the construction of the city does some good time with the creation of the Khalsa? And the reason I ask this is because the evidence Gurwal puts forward is he argues that Jab Saib and Akal Ustad is composed by. Guru Gobind Singh Ji, according to Chopai Singh Zayat Nama in 1677, so this is almost 20 years before the Khalsa is created. Gurki Sakhian states that Christian Avtar is started and takes four years to complete from 1684, obviously, to 1688. Um, and this again seems to tally up with internal evidence of some Dasam Granth manuscripts. And then 1696, Chitra Pakyan is completed for, per the Chopai Singh Zayat Nama and also tallies up with the internal evidence of Sri Dasam Granth. Considering how closely those dates are connected to 1698-99, how does all of that mesh together? Because I think a lot of modern-day missionaries, and there's a few famous ones on Twitter who argue until they are blue in the face that Dasamgant has nothing to do with Sikhi, but then still have taken Amrit, and their bunch Bihari would have read Jabsai, which is from the Dasamgant. So that circle doesn't make sense to me, right? But how does that like historical how does the historical creation of the dasam grant scripture connect to the creation of the Khalsa? well we we have to go like look you you've quoted uh garewal saab and he's quoting gish's uh sorry Jopa Singh. Jopa Singh. 
And then this whole Jopa Singh Rathanamma, yeah. where the Bani tells you when it was written in 1677. So the the thing is, first of all, is let's go back to Guru Gobind Singh, what we know, Patana Sahib. Maharaj is, was a pure warrior from birth. Mm. His first toys were weapons. Yeah, He wasn't schooled into this. This was his nature. Yeah. And this was, you know, goes into the mythology of who Guru was as Dushdaman in his previous life before. He was a Kshatri, he brought Kshatri Taram to the Panth. That was his role, his purpose, as we've said. And that was to make a Kshatri Panth, the Khalsa. And so, Shastra Vidya, worship of weapons, and all these things were institutionalized in the Khalsa and the Ved by Guruji, right? Yep. And if you look at Jabsab, was said to have been composed when Maharaj was training his Baj. Hmm. And you can hear it in the, in the rhythms of it, yeah? Yeah. You know, in 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 the onomatopoeia, namastamang, you know, like the twang of the the bow, yeah. When you read the bani, it's in there that the drum sounding in that bani. Same in a kalusta, same in the pangishan, in a kalkanubhanda. It's a it's a drum roll, right? And so the thing is, is it the nagara sounding in the dasamgram? The flags are flying. Then the shansab is flying in the dasamgram, and so. This is very much of the, the, the kind of Ras, the Biras, the warrior spirit of, of the Bani. And so historically, how does it tally? You've already said it. Because the Nithanim Bani of the of Chopi Saab 1696, that's near around the Umrah Sanchar sure. dates we've given. The other Bani are beforehand, including the Umrah Swiya, Sarabak Sud 1677 onwards, Carlos, the, the Jab Saab. And then we've got you know, the, the job is up, which we just said there. Mm. So we've just already covered the three, haven't we, yep. already? Yep. Immediately in seconds. Yeah. And they're part of the Dasam Club. Yep. From, from basically the beginning composition Water. to the last. Yeah. And, the, and you know, that's where Dasam Granth, like, you know, Ragamana is, you could say, the appendix to Guru Granth the Zafar Nama and Hekaita yeah. are the appendix to the Dasam. Yeah. And Dasam Granth finishes on that Kolophon, which is at the Sutalaj here, the river. Yeah. At Babar Sahib, yeah. Where my, is that the where the rivers were quiet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thirteen hours, no, thirteen days, thirteen hours, thirteen seconds. The Chopi Sab was composed by Guru Maharaj. Tera, tera, tera. You're same as Guru Nanak, yeah. And so the thing is, you know, and what do we say to to nerve the followers for battle for this yeah. a war that's going to come, <laughs> right? See, historically, and yet it's spiritual. Yeah, it's a mystical knighthood, yeah? Mm. And he creates his Praetorian guards yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Hansings, yeah? yeah? His Praetorians even more militant than the rest, yeah? Mm. To give a George to the rest of the Sangat. And so the thing is, there's something really big in this that we need to understand. So I hope that made sense. But no, definitely. in your question, you had all the answers, really. So that's quite easy. Two, two last bits that I just want to cover. I know we've been talking for almost two and a half hours and I'm really, really grateful that I managed to kind of get that much of your time. So probably the most controversial bit because it's, I think, most misunderstood, which is the role of the goddess, so to speak, quote unquote. Now, Chopai Singh says that the creation of the Khalsa is preceded by the invocation of, in Godewa's words, not mine, the warlike Devi. What is interesting is Chopai Singh's story, accounting the Devi story is omitted from later copies. So there's one, there's a copy of Chopra Singh's Ratanama that was housed in the Sikh reference library and was destroyed in 1984. But in that copy, the reference to the Devi is taken out. There is, there is like, it's been uh, expunged. 
Gorsing says that Gurusaib also invoked the goddess to create a new panth. Gadawal mentions that the story of the goddess is introduced by several Sikh writers in the 18th century, but is now treated as a myth. One thing that I think has become quite clear through everything that we've been discussing is these pre-colonial texts are actually all pretty accurate and are all actually pretty much in agreement. We have discussed some differences, but they're all pretty well. All of them have the episode of the debut. Yeah. Right? So is it just the fact that our modern religious sensibilities has expunged anything in reference to being Hindu and therefore this goddess stories had to be cut out or is there more to it? Like what is going on? Like, first of all, I guess people would ask, did that happen? It did happen. Okay, so what is the but historically we yeah. can say it happened hundred percent. Okay, so what's the evidence and how does the story go? Well, the evidence is number one that a Brahmin family who were the prohits, they were the they were the administrators of Guru's court. They arranged this havan and Guruji blessed them with a plate, which is mentioned in Sikh history. It's mentioned in Sadar Mahal. Is this the copper plate? Yeah, the copper yeah. plate. That's still there. The local people know that happened. In the Atiyas, it says Guruji went there. So you've got the copper plate. You've got this whole episode. You've got the copper plate mentioned in the 18th century. Yeah. So, and it still exists. And then you've got the whole connection with the Devi and the yep. Dasam Granti, the Jandi Divar, Ugra Danti, you know, Pagoti Stodar, yep. you know, yep. the, the Durga uh, praises to to the Mata in Akal Ustat, and then, you know, the Siri Pagoti Jisahai, and then the Himkun Saab narrative, and this all this connection, yeah? Jopa Singh Sural Prakash, the list is endless, yep. right? Yep. Which modern day uh, Christian Sikhs don't like, or the Singh Sabha Sikhs don't like who have a scientific worldview, but for people with a mythological worldview, which I subscribe to that world, mm. cosmology is uh, it's just all a part of our view. Yeah. But there's something unique in it. Let's first start with what fits the Hindu narrative, yeah? yeah. What we can say is that the Shakti cult of India, yeah? Because yeah. Hindi, Hindu narrative doesn't... I say Hindu, does that... What is it? Is it Shiv Puja? Shaivite? Is it, is it Krishna Bhakti Vaishnava? Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is to do with the Shakti cult, right? Yeah. So this is one particular sampradha of India. What order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not like you can't say Hindu either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, they throw them all together. Yeah. And you can't, right? They're all very different. So let's look at the Shakti cult of India, which wor worships the, the feminine forms of, of yeah. the divine. First thing, the Rig Veda doesn't say you have individual gods. It says that you have Parvram Parameshwar, which is in the Purshuktam, like Surpurk. Garbani talking about the oneness of, yep. of the divine. He says, out of the oneness of the divine, there are many attributes, and those attributes are shine out as gods. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. And so even Hindus know that Kali Ma is not God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like an angel. She's one manifestation of God. So what first thing is this connects the, the Hindu Dharam and the Sikh Dharam. Yep. Right? Actually, when Guru Nanak does Arti at Jagannath Puri, he does it out of what people miss, and I can't believe people miss it. He is doing that Arti to say to them, why have you made an idol of God? Yeah. Because Jagannath Puri, they've made one of Parabrahma Pranishwar, yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Mahavishnu, yep. which in, in the original Brahmanic tradition, you could make one of a Deva, but not one of God. Okay. But there, they've gone to the next level where you, they've made one of God. Yeah. Right? And so he's actually protesting that with the Arti, his way of protest. And so the thing is, people miss that. And so the the thing is, what is Guruji first? What is the what what relates us to Hindus on a deep level? 
Hindus don't believe in a, a god of form. They believe God is formless. Yes, yes. And yes, they yes. believe the devas are manifestations of his of particular attributes. Attributes, yeah, yeah, not the complete manifestation. Yeah. And most Hindus will say that. And yeah. they, most Hindus believe in Paramatama, Paramesh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the absolute. And, and just the Sikhs do, yeah. And so the Guru wasn't doing any untoward there, but the Guru at the same time was not, this is the fine line, he's going there to pay his respects to that tradition. And he's meditating there and doing the Pasya there. But this is the fine line now. Why is he doing that? And this is what gets interesting. Because if you look at the Janam Sat, he's member uh, outside Guru Nanak Dev Ji's door, Durga sweeping in. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, you know, Guru Nanak Dev Ji's a worshipper. I'm of that Dev yeah, yeah, oh, Then oh. he follows Guru Nanak. And renounces it, so to speak. Because he sees her worshipping Guru Nanak. Okay. This is the same thing. Okay. So Guru, yeah, yeah, so going there, Karan, Guru link it together. So Guru Gopin Singh Maharaj is showing the Brahmins, hey, this attribute of God, I myself, in my Guruhood, you got to look in a tantric way. You know, any, a Guru, any Guru has to go through tantric processes of Mahavidyas. And Mahavidyas means you have control over the gods and goddesses. Hence the Kara is given. People say, oh, they're clicking us with Hinduism and what is what? No, the, the reason why that's written is, because the Guru had power over those gods. Yeah, okay. Yeah? yeah because he's one with the one. With the, yeah, They're yeah, still yeah. in their form. Yeah, yeah, but he's one with the one. He's gone into the complete absoluteness, right? And so he's showing that power over the goddess of being able to harness her power, number one, that she becomes manifest for him, that she gives her blessing for the cards up one. Okay, I'll just, and, and, yeah, I want to finish. I want to finish. Otherwise, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, he doesn't disconnect her from the oneness itself because he's from a position of non duality. And so the Guru isn't doing his bhakti there like the Brahmins are doing their bhakti. He's doing it for a different aim to show them that he has got the power over the goddess. Yeah, yeah. So it's not actually in a modern sense of the goddess is blessing Guruji. It's actually Guruji is making this Shakti, this power manifest for his... Because they said he wasn't able to do it. Yes. Yes. He was challenged. So it's not actually seeking approval to create the Khalsa. It's actually almost manifesting the energy required that yeah. is then put... Because it's like then Jandi Divan and then Renatia. So this is it's a very fine line. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's a fine line because of the way... It, it's the same facts, but it's just the way you're viewing it. Is The subtlety is... The subtlety is subtle. Yeah. And so this is after 10 years of looking at Sinidasamran, the Jandi episode. And isn't there a Gurdwara bill at the place where this where Maharaj made the Devi Parikot? No, that's a month, still a month that... Oh, okay. It's still a mandar, but they'll tell you that happened there. I've been there many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They asked him. And th this is the interesting point is like, you know, the whole thing with, you know, like Ramka Vajed, yep. which is quoted by Gaur Singh to be set up there. And then, you know, the, the whole part of, Hava, uh, part of the Havan and all these things which people consider controversial. We know Baba Deep Singh did a Havan. Yeah. But we know uh, uh, Baba Garbak Singh did one of the farm in Shabd Ali in the Sekatiyas. And it's all to invoke the Ard Shakti Siri Pahopti Sahai. Yeah. Which you can say, but then we got to go back to Chakti. That people say, Chakti Divan, Dehin Durga Sajake. So the Ard Shakti made the Ard Shakti. So the Ard Shakti made the Ard Shakti. 
the big energy made the little energy. Yeah, yeah. Is the big energy. Yeah, yeah. But that's the paradox of oneness though, isn't it? Yeah. And the problem is we're in duality, so trying to understand that is the issue. That's why Guruji forbid idol worship. Because you see, the problem with idol worship, what happens is you put the personification of God into that thing. And what the Guru was saying is, no, it's a lot much bigger than that. Don't look at it on a limited level. That's why things don't have idol worship. We worship Shabbat. But what we've done is thrown the baby out of the bathwater with this idea and we've gone like whitewashed the yeah. color out of the universe with it. That's not the idea. No. no. So it's a very fine line. Okay. And, and so I hope that makes sense. No, it does. Last question, and this is also because I can notice my camera's going to die. The battery's running low. But last question is, I wasn't actually planning to ask you about this, but it got my interest because Chopa Singh says there are two grants prepared by Guru Gobind Singh Ji. One was called the Samundha Sagar Granth and the other was called the Iftar Leela Granth. Gisa Singh Chibbara added that the Samundha Sagar Granth was thrown into the river by the order of Guru Gobind Singh Ji in 1701 and claims to have seen 91 lines of this Granth. Iftar Leela Granth is said to have been an unbound folio, just like the Samundha Sagar Granth. So for those people who are listening, Unbound folio just means loose pages essentially, so it's not been bound into a physical book. And again, Aftar Lila Granth was said to have been scattered during various battles. Jibber claims to have seen seven folios of the Aftar Lila Granth in the possession of a Sikh in Lahore. All I want to know is what has your historical research shown about the, first of all, the existence of these two Granths, considering references are very little. And then secondly, what role did they play? And then also, what is interesting is the modern narrative argues that these grants were lost when the Sikhs were crossing the river uh, around the siege of the Battle of Jamkor and the siege of Anandpur Sahib. Kesar Singh Chibbar says that Guru Gobind Singh Ji, under his own command, tells the Sangat to throw them in the river. What is going on? Before I go to that, I want to go back to the Devi. Sure, sure. And so Chopar Dhanai, Chopar Singh says to the Guru, I read the Kalusat every day, but what's mentioned by the questions and answers in there. And then the Guru replied, from my heart and soul, I said, it's what I evoke you to help me complete it up. And that's a part of Maharaj's Bani, right? And then Maharaj advised Chopar Singh to read up to the end of her father particular Nataka and get the answer. And then from that narration, the questions and answers are about Guru's love of Tharamiyuk. Yeah. And that's what the, the Bani itself has been compiled. Because you see people look at those questions again in a niramalal, romantic, philosophical way. But that's the whole point of Maharaj writing those questions. Because remember, what's the invocation of Kalu? I invoke the Sadhu, the iron, yeah. the steel, the sword. And that's what the questions are to do with about what is war, why is righteous. It's all related to that. And so Maharaj says, look at the Pachitta Nata, which Bhattarabhu there. After that, then the incident and Devi comes. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to read you what I've put here just to sure. make it sure. <laughs> sure, a very controversial event took place that is reported in all early hagiographies, which is the incident of the Devi. The Singh Sabha has seen it as something very controversial and a misrepresentation that has been added in. I'm, I'm just made, reading this in yep. day language. I've written it much more complicated. It was later edited out on the Bant Prakash by Bhai Veer Singh, which uh, I already talked about. I discussed it in the last podcast. And including the works of Bhai Mani Singh in other books, yeah? Yeah. A very detailed account is in the School of Prakash of Zavi Stalk Singh, 
It's in the job as he's right and I'm on the or he said. Yep. It's also in the Das Guru Katha of Kanukan. Yep. And, you know, in that, in, I think it's in the Encyclopedia of Sikhism, it says certain factual errors such as scripture to Guru Gobind Singh worship of the goddess Dunga have also crept into the work. Yep. Okay. So the earliest account by Kankan narrates that the Guru was called by Pandit to perform a sacrifice order to make the Devi materialize and the summit of Nena Devi mounted next to the Nathprasal. The Guru is said to have sit with the Pandit and the great composition of the praise of the Devi as the offerings are given to the Havan. The Pandit is unable to make the, de the divine feminine manifest but the Guru succeeds by throwing all the offerings on. The Devi manifests as a blinding light. The feminine divine tells the Guru that she'll give him whatever he requests sacrifices are required. The Guru then, then says Know that the Shakti, the power of God, the Devi is the divine sword and asks for five heads. It's, you know, you can see the connection here of the Obras and Javier. In the other early accounts of references to the apocryphal in relation to the incident course in 1751, Walter writes that as the Devi became manifest, the verses shuttled the Devi were perfected, that he employs a term used in the Book of Lakti in his own praise, in his admiration, uh, praise the divine feminine. Even more explicit is the use of the ending of the Ugla Lakti. And these verses are very pure perfected. The author then writes that the songs of the Devi were made. Furthermore, there's an explicit relationship of the verses expressing the greatness of the Devi, the divine feminine, and some sections of the Kaloster. Yeah. In the Basavi number of 1769, before Kisha Singh introduces the subject, he asks the Sikhs not to get angry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually been controversial for a very long time. Yeah. He then quotes heavily from the beginning of the Ugradati in the penultimate last quotation of Ugradati. He quotes the verse also as the first way. He says that the Pant was started by a favor on the deity. So a favor doesn't mean like a blessing. It means like someone said, you owe me one. Yeah, and like she owes the Guru one. Yeah. And from here, the people could narrative, yeah? The shipwood writes that this favor was the Bani and that the Divine Mother, Devi Mata, gave gift in the favor of the Pant. Bani Varavach. The boon was to destroy the Dots invading Mughals, and he gives Bhatta Bahata as an example how the Shakti destroyed the Dots through him. He connects the defeats of the Dots with the lion Kabil Vajbid's Jopi Sakambalish Kurnakata. He then quotes the Jiritha of the Kiana Four, mentioned that Singh should not dream of any other woman other than his own wife. Which is what we were discussing earlier. Yeah. Sarukh Das Padla writes in 1776, Mehma Prakash provides a narration with a theme related to the warrior culture. He states that Jandi is synonymous with the double-edged sword, Kande Tapod, yeah. that's really stated in the previous text. And yeah, you know, in the Buddhist uh, iconography, you see that a lot of the, the goddesses, they have the double-edged sword. Yeah. And in Hindu iconography. Yeah, yeah, it's massive within the culture. Yeah. <laughs> in his version of Vets, a miracle only takes place in front of the Guru and, his, and the Kirpan is left. Therefore, the emphasis is the aim of the board, which is to initiate the actions. And they say that Kanda and Nankosab came from the, from the Devi. And that's the one that they claim is the one that was used in his first arts. Yeah. In verse 4, he explicitly states that the Kandai is equal to the Devi. Right? The Bhagavad These are not my words, I'm going to don't throw stones at me. I'm just telling you what the old no research says. Yeah. All, all said. The Bhagavad of Dhanabali is said to be narrative of the Varan by the last expounded by Pai. When he sings, has references to the Apocrypha composition of the Bhagavad, the Bhagavad distorted in connection to the incident of Devi. I'm reading this really fast, yeah? This book contains many references to Dasam Gun's that the Bani is both born in devotional 
Then this work is dialogue and seeking the sangha class by money sing the meeting bites to account. By money sing replies, the meeting bites to account thus and go is Yudha Mabani, Jan Mabani, Amrita Mabani, Jiritra Mabani. That the Dasam Granth Sahib is an utterance for war, for knowledge and spirituality and strategies for the secular world. This would resonate with the military mystical initiation of the double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. After the incident of the Devi, Katkan relates the Guru, inspired the Bani of Akala Kalt will be repeated. This is a term not used in the narrative for any other the Gurus. It's probably in reference to the Tenth Guru's own compositions where Akal is repeated within them. Additionally, Kankan raised Khalsa as distinct from the Hindus and Muslims like the Ugrazat adapted Khalsa. Earlier, we talked about copper plates. There's also one there. We talked about Sadala Madagal and, you know, and the Hukam Nama that was given to that family. And then the Khalsa Amrazanjad yeah. goes on fourth. Yeah. Now we're going to get to the... Uh, Vidya Sandra or Shimun And so we know from the history that as Guru was leaving, uh, Anakrasab and Akrasab was sacked. Yep. And Shiva writes, a large scripture was made. He counted the pages which you've already quoted here. And basically, this is the interesting part. Yeah? In 1758, He's saying in 1701, some of it was pointing to a stream, yeah? Yeah. And some of his pages, he said, survived. And he goes, the Guru dictated another scripture in other portions with the play of the stars was completed with other compositions that were not bound. Oh, and that's the Adavli Lord. Yeah, so he, Shippon also states that, and that's also dropping their literate Sikhs, yeah? And basically, this still exists. So the Vidya Saga, which had Guru Gobind Singh's like um, handwriting in it and corrections, that was the translations of uh, various material, Vedic, Puranic, Sufi literature. It was all written into Gurmukhi and a massive grant was made, a huge grant. The Maharaja Patiala Multibag Palace still has that. He so it wasn't destroyed? It, it wasn't destroyed. It was, it was put into the stream, but it was collected after. Okay. And there were actually two copies, yeah? There were two copies. I don't know what's happened to one copy, but there's one copy that exists. Okay, okay. And they say that in 1984, there was one copy of it at Darbar. And it gets destroyed. Uh, by Sadduk's in library. But the Maharaja Patiala, he still has that other copy, thankfully, yeah? Mm. And that's the Vidya Sagar Grantable Vidya. And Gavi Sadduk Singh said he was pointing to the stream. Uh, by Guruji was to and was taken by the old princes. Then one report says one gun for the Raja and Sirwal has while the Raja on Monday has another, which see there's two, yeah. Interesting. And some of the poetry of Kavis were compiled together by Maharaja Dilidasing, by B Singh, Sri Guru Gobind Singh Ji, the the Tavidya Darbar. So there's other there's books of these compositions, yeah, which uh, I think put thumbs up. Uh, presented now, you talk about Athar Lila yeah. in uh, being quoted, and then you see Kesha Singh Shippur also said and there was another one not bound. That's our blogland because remember the, the play of the Avtars, yeah. And so, you know, the play of the Sarblo Avtar and the other Avtars for me, that's Sarblo, and that fits into the Sambat that is given as well. Um, <clears throat> loosely of Sarblo Grant there. The summit of Sarablu Grant is around 1698 yeah. at the beginning, which means it was commenced around that, probably around that time. Same time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, or <clears throat> the other way looking at it is possibly completed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you've right. got like a timeline of ten years. Yeah. And then also it has a Khalsa Shabbat there. Khalsa Mudalubekas around the Khalsa Ambassador. And that's from Salabullah. Salabullah, yeah. So it makes sense of that again. This date 1698, yeah. the sacking, the Afdar the mention of it. Yeah, yeah. So actually, you know, who says it's called Salabullah Granth? Inside it's called Mangalataram Granth. It's got loads of names for itself there. I see what you're So it's actually referred to. Yeah, and it's about Salabullah Afdar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Afdar Lila could be there. And it can't be Jobby Afdar. Because that's in Dustin Yeah. Okay. So that's my answer to that. Hope that will work. No, no, I appreciate that. That has been almost three hours of questions and answers. Um, so oh, thank you obviously for taking the time to do that. I desperately want to get a copy of your thesis now because of how big it is and equally how much information is probably in there, but that's a separate conversation. I just want to say thank you. Oh uh, it's, it's pretty a lot of work with Guru Kubinson's Grace. One day I will publish it. Yeah, I look forward and to I'll that. I'll put it online for free. And so, yeah, no worries. Yeah, so, no, just thank you for your time. Um, I hope you've listened to this, appreciated it. But thank you. So you've made it to the end of another podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did putting it together. Just a quick shout out to our patrons, Neil B. Hernan Pizano, Jazz Dillon, Gurpreet Singh, Gurdi Bath, Himmat Singh Khalsa, Anish Man, Adamnik Gaur, Mani Singh, Rav Singh, Adamnik Gaur, Amardeep Basi, Yasmin Jaswal, Gagan Singh. And then also a big shout out to our YouTube members, Jazz S, N Singh, Gavin Shergal, RB, Gary Pramad, GS, Gurpreet Dunjal, Radhaji Kaur, Hantahil, and Amanveed Mandir. If you want to support us, then you can check out the links in the description below equally if you want to gain early access to all future podcasts then do consider becoming a level two youtube member or higher again you can find all the links just below this video otherwise than that before i say bye make sure you hang on and check out this sneak preview of next month's podcast and you know there are multiple sources who independently say of each other that there was bribery there was blackmail there was sexual blackmail there was all kinds of politicking pulling in of favors you know, yoga in general is a bricolage, right? There's telemarketing scams, many of them. There's smuggling, there's fraudulent art sales, there's um, gemstone scams. Um, there is there's the drug dealing, the drug smuggling. Um, when you put all that together, it's, it's disproportionate. You know, if you had a high school where you had 20, 30, 40 people involved in felony level criminal activity, that would say something.